right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Barstool Backstage. Another great interview from the Windy City Smokeout this week. We have superstar Bailey Zimmerman on the podcast. This has been a long time coming. We were supposed to do his interview in New York when he was touring with Morgan Wallen. That got postponed. And luckily, Warner Brothers hooked it up, and we did it in person in Chicago. I got a sneak peek, sneak peek of the interview today. Dave, you did a great job. Dave in person is a goddamn dynamo interviewer. <laughs> You guys might not believe this, but when you get no, Dave I've seen, I've watched video of him goat. interviewing the go Jennings. You, dude, you're basically Barbara Walters in person. Do you know that? Yeah, I know that, <laughs> but cuter. Yeah, you're like a hotter Barbara Walters in person, dude. It's crazy. I prefer Dave when he's at his apartment or his condo watching baseball in the background in the dark <laughs> doing a podcast. That's my favorite. You like that? People on the internet love that I watch TV in the dark. Who watches TV with lights on? It's like Dude, it blows. Watch it with dim light, dim lights. You got to set the vibe. No. Yeah, no, there's no. no it's because he's watching shameful shit. He doesn't want, he feels Yeah, he's watching shameful shit. They're called the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> they are shameful. They are very it's a shameful. shameful fucking franchise. We're going to get into a lot this week. We got to get into two albums that dropped. We got to get into uh, just, a, just a lot of shit. But I, I'm, I'm, I'd be remiss not to start. Dave, how's your face, buddy? Face is good. Can you tell anything's wrong with my face? No, but you went pretty viral. And do you guys know what I'm talking about right now? No, I do not. Oh, my God. You guys didn't see this? I was going to say something looked different about you. (laughs) White Sox Dave went face first into a Velcro wall wearing a Velcro suit and (laughs) caught his face. You guys didn't see this? No. Okay, Dave, why don't you run down the situation? Because I'm sure you've covered it at length. But why don't we just catch our listeners up since these two morons haven't even fucking seen it yet? Yeah, so there's uh, we work very closely with uh, Miller Lite at Barstool Chicago, and we had a tailgate at a White Sox game last week. Uh, they had this like it was like a air pit, like a trampoline type thing, like a bouncy pit. You get into this uh, Velcro suit, you jump off of it onto the Velcro wall, and you're supposed to just stick there. Well, it's Miller Lite, but it's a kid's toy. So it was all adults doing it, and the air wasn't enough to like get any bounce off the off the thing. So I tried to like force it, and I just jumped into it and sliced my fa- face up a little bit. Um, oh, I didn't even. I think it looked way worse than it did because it's like there's nothing there. It's there's. It no looked cut. like it looked like rug burn on your forehead. It was it was rug burn on my nose, and I think it looked so bad because of how it was like 98 degrees out. I was, I was a bucket of sweat. So it was just pouring down my face. Like I just took a fucking baseball bat to the nose and like two days later is completely fine. So next exfoliation uh, is just like a good, yeah, uh, you had a deep exfoliation. You look five years younger. It's crazy. Yeah, that's what, that's what I've been telling people. people this, did, tell me. this did uh, trigger Dave Portnoy enough to put up a poll and say, is White Sox Dave the dumbest person who works at our company? Uh, I think you won, Dave. I think you won the poll. I, I love that. Love Congratulations. Love that. <laughs> um, I asked my wife yesterday, I was like, did you see that fucking video? And she was like, no, Jesus Christ. These are the hands of the people that our future lies in. Is uh, White Sox Dave into a uh, trampoline pit of fucking mm-hmm. Velcro. Um, I think Dante's going to be showing up. Uh, we're doing the interview a little bit earlier this week because – Something big is happening in my life, and I'd like to cover it right now. And those watching clips, you'll know what I'm talking about. The Philadelphia Eagles re-released the Kelly Green jerseys, and I will be waiting in line for a jersey. I he was going to talk about the fact that you have your kid do this week. Second most important thing. Dude, I don't know if you guys have seen the clips, and this is not music-related. There are people tailgating 
the jersey release for the Kelly Green jerseys, which I find fucking insane, but I love it at the same time. Uh, I'm wearing my prize possession, which is my Kelly Green Eagle starter jacket. If this is the biggest thing that's happening in Philadelphia ever. Super Bowl, whatever. I was going to make fun of you until I remembered that I have a 1989 Orlando Magic bomber jacket. That is- Dude, <laughs> I, ref- I refuse to wear this jacket out because it's white. And I don't want to get it ruined because I want to give it to my kid one day. I want this to be in prime condition. I've never worn this jacket oh, outside of my house. Oh, no, 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 no. You're doing it wrong. Like, I got Wait. a Bears one that's just like that from my dad. And it's got, like, paint splotches on it. Like, the years of, of decay and, and, and that, like, that adds to the jacket's character. I just don't care about things generally. I'm not like this sounds corny, but I just I don't care about stuff. Like I really don't. I'm not a car guy. I don't even care about guitars. Like I use a them. glass box. <laughs> don't give a fuck. I I don't care about that at all. This jacket is the one thing I care about. Uh, it's the one thing I care about, and I love it very much. I feel like an idiot wearing it right now because it's 95 degrees outside. Uh, <laughs> but Kelly Green Eagles back. It's a fucking beautiful thing. Um, we're going to get into the Bailey interview in a little bit, but we got a couple things to talk about. Uh, first off, there is – go ahead, Kenny. What do you got to say? I have a major and breaking news announcement. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> breaking. Yo, Pee Wee Herman just died. Yeah, Pee Wee What? Yeah, Paul yeah, Rubin. Fucking Ten R.I.P. minutes ago, I saw it. Yeah, he's gone. Damn, R.I.P. to the greatest public masturbator of all time. Yeah, seriously. If anybody's going to do it, he was the one. He got in trouble for beating his meat at a, at a like a – like a, a porn house, didn't he? Eat at, yeah, it was at a, it was at a theater, like a porn theater. So it's to like, be to be fair, that's kind of like going to a steakhouse and not eating a steak. Like you're going to a porn theater. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? Exactly. So, I didn't know that was a illegal. better dancer than Pee Wee Herman. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it I seems like, like that. Is that the extent of the story? Like there wasn't anything else crazy. Oh, I mean, uh, I've just seen Jack off in a porn theater. Let's see if I can find. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't want to speak on it until I find out, like, oh, he was, like, murdering people also. Or, you know, like, you know, like it's... Yeah, Johnny, you pussy, you don't want to get canceled. Carefully. You don't want to get canceled. I uh, What's to cancel, Colin? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Oh, no, we can't have Johnny on the podcast anymore. No! You say that, but you, you'd be crying. I'm, like, third important. You're You're... Philadelphia Eagles, your son, and then me being on the podcast, you'd be like, I would, Fuck. I would never kick you off the podcast. It would just be funny if you were, if you would just be sitting in the timeout. You can't corner. kick me off the podcast. I quit. Oh, okay, fair. No, I would just have <laughs> you sit in a timeout corner. Damn, rest in peace, Pee Wee Herman. I really don't know anything about Pee Wee Herman. I don't. I, I, I know he well, had that's that. That's why TV I was show. asking because I remember something about it, but like, it, you know, there's been so many of those stories, and I feel like I confuse him with someone where there was someone who was doing like really horrific shit. No, like I don't think so. One of those so. childhood icon mm-hmm. people. Damn, Kenny, yeah. way to break some somber news where we get into a fun conversation. Man, he's a fucking incredible musician, dancer, music related. What was Pee Wee Herman? Like, well, I, I'm, I'm, you once again, I'm not trying to. Pee Funhouse? They grew no, hot dogs I, on trees and stuff? Come on. Oh, are you too young for Pee Wee's Funhouse, dude? It was like the most off the cuff, off the wall, like children's show. But like, there was like a talking chair, and like it was just so fucking. It was like psychedelic. His big adventure was fucking all time, where he loses his bike. My bike. <laughs> Don't you remember when he sold all the weed in and, and cocaine and blow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah, he's in blow. He was like the guy who. Uh, <gasps> he was the guy right. testing the drugs. Oh no, he was the he was. No, like that wasn't. Snark- he wasn't he the guy the, testing the drugs. No, he was the snarky like- kind of uppity like guy. 
who cut him out, right? Yep, he's the it was the LA connection. Yeah, he was the LA connection who then started going to Diego. Yes, yes. Okay, Blow is such a good movie. That's Isn't, the that's, that's the best, best Johnny movie, Depp movie. That's Johnny Depp's best movie by a fucking mile. I think so. Yo, Damn. check out how fucking cool he looks in this shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah dude, how dude. awesome is it? Yeah, I didn't realize that was Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, man. No shit. R.I.P. Blows a great movie. Is it's that really Johnny Depp's best movie? movie? That role though. What's, what's another? That? What's another Johnny Depp movie that's up there? Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco's great. It's too long. I think before he started, I was before talking the about the pirate this stuff. That's the most overrated mob movie there is. I think. Ed really? It's Never just, saw it. It's whatever. Edward Scissorhands is good. No, I'm not a Tim Burton. Every movie he did was like trying to be Edward Scissorhands. I don't like that, Tim Burton. Yo. Oh. What? I don't like <laughs> Tim Burton. Is that weird? <laughs> I don't really like any of the stuff that's been coming out recently, but there, there were some like absolute classics. Yeah, like, I grew up on those classic Tim Burton movies. They freak me out. Although, it's, like, the fat goth chicks with the fucking Jack Skeleton tattoos got a little out of oh, man. for a while. <laughs> I just saw Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time last year. That's a good movie. That's a good it's, movie. It's cool. Whatever. I don't know. Um, Johnny Depp. I My Johnny Depp is, like, gangster Johnny Depp. I like, like, Black Mass. I thought Black Mass was underrated. I thought he was great in that movie. Um, I know him in 21 Jump Street making his uh, cameo was great at the end. There's a movie he did with Marlon Brando that's like, it, I don't know if it stands the test of time. I think it's probably kind of a corny movie now. It's called Don Juan DeMarco. It was actually pretty good. Never saw it. And it's him with Marlon Brando, which is cool. I mean, Brando's the man, but yeah. um, I don't know where the fuck we're going here. Let's talk about the albums that dropped. Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing's great. Mm. He does a yeah, fantastic Hunter Loathing. S. Thompson. That's a great fucking movie. That's a movie that like when you're in high school and your friends try like psychedelics for the first time and everybody wants to watch it. The first time I watched Fear and Loathing, my friends took mushrooms at, at our shore house senior year summer, and I was the only one not on mushrooms and watched the movie, and I was like, this is fucked up. That's a wild-ass movie. Yeah. Shouts out Fear and Loathing. Um, let's start with the albums that came out this week. Two big albums came out this week. Uh, the Travis Scott Utopia record came out, and Post Malone's Austin came out, both of which trigger me to say this. I don't think albums matter anymore because it, it made me think of the fact that a huge album came out three weeks ago, Lil Uzi Vert's Pink Tape, and I don't think anybody has talked about it in three weeks. I don't think anybody's going to be talking about either of these albums in two weeks. I don't care. Like, they were both good. Will I care about them in two weeks? Absolutely not. Neither yeah, of but them. But is, is that a function of the album itself, or just the fucking deluge? Us. It's us. We are completely shot out. We have no attention span. We don't care about things longer than fucking one song. We don't care. I'm sad to say that. Don't care. Like well, I that's thought, enough on this topic. Let's move on. I don't. Do you agree with me or like? No, no, been, yeah, I, I agree I'm completely. Like we're a bunch. Of, it's like uh, a dopamine receptors are gone. The thing is, like we've done this podcast long enough now that I can think back on like we've had this conversation previously, and I've said I said it maybe a year ago about a. I think it was Jay Cole's album and Future's album, and I was like. Damn, I really don't care anymore. I'm now to the point where we've been fed so much stuff that I really am looking at it from a 30,000-foot view and going, it's over. You know what? The only albums I feel like I listen to are the ones, I don't want to say nostalgic, but like, you know, we're like, yes, album front to back so well because you had the physical copy, right? And you listen mm -hmm. to track number three. And if four doesn't come after three, it doesn't feel right. Yep. I do but I think, 
I think maybe it's because we're old now. Maybe that's it that we don't have this like streaming thing. Because like even like take Kendrick's last record. I fucking love that record. The whole record's great. But of that whole record, I only listened to four songs. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like well, also let's not forget both of these albums were not like almost nineteen songs long. What are we doing? Fucking long as shit. What are we doing? Attention span for fucking. 80 minutes of music. Well, you know, also when you think about Travis's, it, Travis's Travis Scott's latest album was only like 45 seconds long when I listened to it. I still skip the big reason that people make big artists are making albums. small artists make albums because they think that they want to prove themselves. Big artists make albums because even their deep cuts pulling 80 million streams. Right. 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 Like it just doesn't, I mean, you know well dave a little background for like the musicians thing here artists are putting out 19 song albums because you make more money that way whether or not the songs are good or they need to be there the more streams you get the more money you make so they're putting 19 songs on a record then releasing a deluxe version of the album with four four more songs Mm -hmm. because we're going to listen to them all at least once so that's more 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 streams more clicks in your world this kind of goes back to what's better now, the algorithm overlords or like the old-fashioned record label dickhead overlords? I don't know. That's a great question. Neither. They well, should yeah, both of be course, in jail. Of, co- of course. But now, it's uh, honestly, I'm leaning more towards like having gatekeepers that they can be dicks and corrupt and everything that was wrong with record labels and like sure. the system as it was to now you're trying to impress an algorithm and then you're also, you're able to see, like you said, it's they, you're making decisions as if it's like trading stocks, you know, like sure. Sell, sell, sell. Cause we've got 19 it, and it, that's really going to corrupt music more. So here's the one difference though. I don't think that record label people even know what's going on anymore. I think they're no, almost, they as in the, I don't think they do, man. I think they're playing the game, but I don't think they have as much of a grip on the system anymore as they used to. I, I think what they don't have a grip on necessarily is like what, is going to drive the actual attention of of kids and of like the listening public that's out there and it's it seems a little more mysterious because sure like what's going to click but they know when something bubbles a little bit they know how to throw fuel on that fire and then make fucking millions off of it that's fair I, i'll yeah. give you that but i don't like i'm just saying like we've been dealing with a lot of record labels recently i don't think that they have the same grip on the system as they used to I think that they're all kind of going like, I don't know, fuck it. We'll see what works. I think that's why yeah. we're getting so much music because they're like, hey, if one of these works, fuck it. There we go. We got one. Congratulations. While everybody else is just going, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know. Well, yeah, they- it's also why you're seeing that like a there's no incentive on their part to help gr- foster a young artist nope. properly. They just scoop them up, scoop them up, and you've got 600 artists in your stable. One's going to fucking run a good race. You yeah, know? Right. That was a huge problem I ran into 2013, 2014, working with boutique labels, is that they would sign 15 bands at $10,000 deals. No problem all day long, right? And then yeah. a lot of bands that don't make it, now that label owned all their shit for 10 grand. Yeah. The labels like just pocketing or desking all their shit and they can't do anything about it. They have to start a new band with a new name because the label it's fucking it reminds Speaking me of, of a- label and signing. I just saw an article on like some like TMZ, something like like something like that, about how how LA Reed passed on Lady Gaga. Yeah, and what I saw a big that. thing is like, it didn't fucking mention that he signed us. That's a great consolation. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't fucking mention that. That's an interesting conversation. Working in the industry for so long, you learn 
what labels have passed on what bands. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. passing on 21 Pilots and fucking Fits in the Tantrums and blah, blah, blah. You're like, it's crazy how many labels pass on what becomes huge, huge, huge. This conversation actually makes me laugh to think of L.A. Reid sitting in his office going, Lady Gaga was a miss, man. we got to get our feet back under ourselves. What do we have here? They're like, here's four scruffy dudes from South Africa. What do we think about this? Oh. Turns out you were L.A. Reid's bell cow for a minute there, and they were like, damn, we're really going to ride this Come With Me song till the wheels fall off. And then <laughs> you think we can get L.A. Reid on to be like, you guys were my consolation prize. You guys were what got me out of my depression after Lady Gaga left. I, I mean, the amount, times I met L.A. Reid, he's a proper old school, like, he's a multi, he's like worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And like, that's how he operated. Like, we would show up to go have a meeting with him in like four suites in some hotel in Beverly Hills. And like, I will say this about him. He fucking loved music. Like, we sat and listened to almost our entire album with him. And he was like pulling out little things that we only thought we heard. Right. You know what I mean? So he was into that, but he's also like a, he's an industry dude. I've known you for like a year and a half now. I had no idea you were signed by L.A. Reid. Yeah. Cause he was at, at Epic at the time. And it was a weird place for us to land. Cause it was like us, I think modest mouse was on Epic, but almost like as a, not a legacy act, but like they were signed years before. Right. They didn't have any other, all, and it was like DJ Khaled, uh, future. And I'm trying to do well. So it's like a weird place for us to be because the focus was on hip hop. And then we're to, trying to be like, <laughs> I have to admit something. I'm coming around on DJ Khaled. You, yes. I guess <laughs> for a tangent, but my feed is filled now with Khaled shit. And he makes me laugh so hard. I fucking he's love so him. funny. Dude, the thing about the thing about him is surfing and he's, he's sitting, he's going, bring out the whole ocean. I want him to bring out the whole ocean. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry so many talks to the group thread and being like what is this what is this called she goes bacon what is this what is this called I, breakfast. and you're like what the fuck i'm a big enough man to admit when i'm changing my mind on something i think i might be changing my mind on dj coward what no absolutely <laughs> maybe i don't know that's a great right, question right maybe if our Wait, options, I, I missed what you said say it again coward for president oh yeah uh, if our options are Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and DJ Khaled. If the only good thing about Trump is that he's entertaining as fuck, then yo, let's just bring in Khaled, man. Let's go. He's the only person that could be on a debate stage with Trump. Yeah, dude, Do you crazy. know what I mean? Like, could you imagine Trump being like, you're ugly? Yeah. Your, your music's Khaled's terrible. Like best. Yeah, because yeah. DJ Khaled is like, uh, what's that? Teflon. Like, you used to call people Teflon. Yeah. Like, Teflon he's, Don. He's, he's, he's actually that, because I don't think he's impervious to being insulted. I don't think well, you can insult him. All these loser politicians get insulted by Trump and they're like, oh, I lost. And DJ Khaled would just be like, they don't want us to win. They don't <laughs> want us to be the president of the United States of America. Who's his running mate? God. God? <laughs> God, dude. God, dude. All right. Yeah, okay. So maybe we're, dude, we'll get him on the podcast and just start his presidential campaign. Khaled God 24. <laughs> Khaled God 24. And you know wow. how all those politicians of like Bill Clinton used to do his thumbs like this? Yeah. It'd be nice to have a president doing this move. The money move? The, the money move. a fake like... snake, snake uh, Play-Doh snake in his hands? Yeah. yeah. Damn. I mean, we can't go through this entire conversation and not talk about either album. And I want to go to Dave first as the everyman. Dave, did you give a peruse to either of these records, either Travis I, Scott or Post Malone? I did. Uh, I got through about, I don't know, maybe three total minutes of 
each track on the Travis Scott album before I decided to tap out. I'm like, this yep. ain't for me. Understood. It might be for somebody, but it ain't for me. Uh, the Post Malone album I actually did like, though. Yeah, I feel like you enough to let it keep playing and kind of forget that it was on. If that's that's actually a good, it is a good background music album. It's inoffensive. Inoffensive is the word I would use for the Post Malone album. These are two polar opposite records. One Mm -hmm. is very dark. One is meant for like rainy nights. One is meant for fucking depths of thought. The other one is made, and the cover art mirrors both these these things perfectly. Post Malone's album is him on a sunny day sitting by a pool. It's a good, inoffensive background, kind of soft, more acoustic-driven, poppy mm-hmm. record. And then Travis Scott is a Yeezus baby, where it's like, not only are you going to listen to this, you got to think about what you're listening to. It really, yeah, you I'm know, not doing that. I know that, and that's why I went to you first. I, I will wanted- say this. I I, I didn't I, – I, I kind of did the same thing. I just skipped through it. There were some interesting things here and there. I did, like, whatever, like, the first single that they've been pushing, like, I've seen videos for – it's a, such a 90s throwback, and I think they did capture those 90s beats really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as Sirens crazy about like his actual... Song on the Scott. Sorry. What did you say? Yeah. I said Sirens was the one song on the Travis Scott album where I was like, actually, this one... That's, might- a, that's a cool song. That's a very interesting instrumental. And he's going to do well with it because like it's going to br- bring all the new people into... like It's a retro version of 90s, like updated... And then all people like us that were '90s hip hop kids are gonna be like, "Oh, I'll check this out." You're talking about modern, like modern his actual jam. verses as much as like. The, no, and, I mean, I think to me, like looking at it, I have to give both these artists credit because they went in with intentionality, which is a word I use a lot, and they captured exactly what they were going for. Post obviously was going for a more laid back kind of acoustic vibe and wanted to get away from what he was doing. He captured that. Travis wanted this dark, brooding kind of like. Uh, world building thing that he did do and I'm going to give him credit for that but as far as are either of these going to be in my rotation in fucking three months no neither I don't care and I that bums me out because there's something in my brain that is different now as opposed to a couple years ago where I really think Kenny said something great here the only albums we're going to run anymore are ones that we had attachment to from previous versions of ourselves do you know what I mean? Like Dave's going to go back and listen to 40 ounces of freedom or self-titled. I'm going to go back and run, you know, early Kanye, Bruce, uh, fucking like fleet Fox's records that like, I have something ingrained in my brain where I'm like, that was a moment in my life. Nowadays, all these things, they come at us and drop and they're all long and they all kind of have filler and nothing really special happens. Okay. But so what about this Colin as a reason right. as to why that happens? Is it sure. because the music that's connecting in that way is only aiming at that aspect of your psychology. What I mean by that is like, you've got the music, like the reason Travis Scott is clicking is because it's like very of this moment. It's connecting with what kids are into feeling and talking about in this way right now. Yeah, Great albums should be able to transcend that. Sure. And so like, is it possible that a lot of the stuff, not all of it, but a lot of the stuff that you kind of are like sentimentally attached to from your past is basically the same because like you liked it because whatever, you were 19, you were going to parties or whatever, and it clicked with you. Which is not to say it's invalid, but it's just like that's all that that music's purpose was. Now, I once again, maybe I worded that wrong. Maybe I, maybe I didn't you know, put myself out there in the right way. There are still a couple records recently that I found that I'm connecting mm-hmm. to, but our older records is in like, uh, Ryan Bingham's Mescalito, which came out in 2007, maybe five months ago, I found that. And now I can't stop listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
But I, I think a lot of times it takes that time. I mean, one, just because there's just too much music, but also like the ones that stick around have got something more. And sure. it's hard to tell in the moment what those are. Occasionally you can tell Here's that they're going to stick out. Weird question. Um, Good. I wonder if, and this is something that all artists who are making records or EPs or whatever go through, but the, the, the arrangement, right? The sequential order of the songs. Big thing. Right, like I'm, I wonder if that plays any part. If that's any variable of again thinking of like, um, like Green Day's uh, Brain Stew, right? If it doesn't yep. go into jaded after that, hundred percent, right? And so, but I wonder if that like that argument of which song goes in what order is playing a bigger role in whether or not people. Fall but the thing is, though, I feel like Travis specifically did think about that, and I think he did a good job of setting the album up. He cares about that world that he creates, right? But does it matter? Like, is, is this an, a record that's going to grip people? To, maybe it's because I don't feel like any connection lyrically. Like, I, I don't think a Travis Scott album, the lyrics matter. It's more about a vibe. But regardless, like, I'm just saying three weeks from now, check in check in on this and say, like, But what are the lyrics that have mattered for you, like, in, the in the, say, your top 10 albums? Like, there's a couple Bruce Springsteen albums in there, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, I would say Darkness on the Edge Down. Right, and that shit's like 10, 20, 30 years before your time. So it's not like he was connecting you with you in like a superficial way about like current things that are going on, or current trends. He's writing about stuff that is able to connect across generations to you later. But so I mean, I, like, I, that's the, what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of artists now that are just trying to connect right now with whatever's trending right now. And as a result, the music is going to be like a trend, it's going to pause quickly. Kenny, do you care about any of the lyrics on that turnstile record that we love? Um, can I be can I be completely Pocahontas with you? My whole life, I've had a hard time knowing what songs are saying and what lyrics are saying. I've always said, "Oh yeah, agreed." Told, I've always gravitated towards. I know exactly what the kicks drums doing. I know what the pattern is. I know what the snare pattern is. I know what the bass line is. I've never I've had a hard time with lyrics, so there's not really me a and you. Record. Me and you receive music differently, 100%. I think I'm realizing this right now. Me yeah, and my you, my wife is the same way. She'll be like, I didn't even know there was drums in the song, but she hears me, every fucking word that the <laughs> yep. Is. Like all I hear is that hi hat triple pattern. This and is a good segue into a, the group chat thing that we were going into about something we're about to talk about, which is the competition that'll be happening between Kenny and the interns. Um, but Kenny, I said I wanted to write to these songs, and Kenny said, just don't make it any like weirdo singer songwriter bullshit, and. <laughs> To me, I'm a I'm a lyrics guy. Kenny's a music guy. Do you know what I mean? Like I care about crafting songs lyrically. Kenny cares about what's everything around it. So maybe we all just receive music different ways. Yeah, hundred percent. I listen. Like I made that Joe Firstman record years ago, which was an Americana record, and maybe that's just about Americana. But like those lyrics are always blown my mind into smithereens. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but you you even write nonsense from time to time. Kick flipping in Malibu is one of my favorite fucking songs, viewers. It's kind of an interesting discussion because when I say like the lyrics connecting you, I don't necessarily mean even the words because I think the best lyrics ultimately are like the subconscious why they connect you. And that's why kick flipping in Malibu is so good because it's like you're not thinking about kick flipping in Malibu necessarily. Like that phrase somehow just captures like a whole feeling vibe. and vibe and that yeah. was so it's the, uh, for kick flipping in malibu it's like i wasn't trying when i went into making my own shit i had nothing to say i have no message nothing that i want to convey nothing that i want to talk about 
and kick flipping in Malibu, like Johnny said, just that phrase was just a vibe of how I was, of how I was, you know what I mean? It wasn't about physically kick flipping in Malibu, you know? I just yeah, enjoy seeing songwriters from different perspectives because Kenny's a songwriter who doesn't really care about lyrics. And I'm a songwriter who cares more about lyrics than what's going on around it. Like, I want to build a song the right way. Kenny wants to build a vibe and then the lyrics supplement the vibe. They're, in the They're all, I mean, it's, it's so, it's, you really can't disconnect them because even right. if you say you're not, you don't care about like what's going on around it, Colin, like the flow, the rhythm, the, like every part of that lyric is actually doing its part regardless of what you're saying. But again, you know that's what I mean? probably what, what makes those great songs is that they're able to connect the two because you're like, yo, what if I go to this, instead of going to this A major, I go to this G minor when I say this word, yep. right? Then it t elevates that lyric up to another level. So, Dave, is this French to you? No, I'm I'm getting it. Go ahead. Dave's placing the bets on baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, it's funny because when I work with Kenny in any capacity, I try and unlock that part of my brain where... I don't like I've just whatever sounds cool over a song. I'm like, that's cool. Like when I'm left to my own devices, I obsess when I when I like that song Kenny sent me and I sent him back lyrics at three o'clock in the morning. I was just like, this sounds cool. See, like this is just the vibe that I've been having with some people with people who like. Like Johnny and I know you wrote took 10 years to write a song you're still working on, but I'm sure you could also shit out a song in a day. Yep. There's people who are become too precious over something. Yep. And then they lose the magic in it because then it becomes a chore to finish it. It becomes homework to finish it. Where for me, the way I thrive is I want to capture all of the magic. If we want to replace a word later, that's easy. Yeah, sure. Fucking moment. Let's fly through this and see what we get as opposed to spending a year on something and feeling like you got beat up by a song. I think it's kind of, it's a bit of both because you can destroy a song by becoming, like you're saying, too precious about it. At the same time, you can rush through a song and not get the most out of what's in there. Yeah. And like, I think we talked about this before. I watched that documentary on Leonard Cohen about the yeah. writing of Hallelujah. And that was like fucking decades he was working on that. And I think some songs deserve that. And I bet if he could come back to life, he'd probably write more verses to that song. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's a work in progress for all of life. Like life is a work in progress for all of life. And then other times, yeah, there's just a magic and a spark that if you try to do shit and like squeeze it too much, you're gonna break it. This is a Dewey Cox conversation. It really is. <laughs> are you are you are you doing uh his first song, which he did in 10 minutes, or are you are you doing the didgeridoos and the goat? Like, I don't know. Like it's a, it's a philosophy thing. I don't know. But the biggest song I ever wrote, I did in four hours, start to finish. Crazy. I'm, all my songs get written quickly. Like, I'm a snap guy, but the things that go around it take a while. Um, speaking of someone who doesn't take that much time on lyrics, let's talk about Cardi B throwing multiple microphones at multiple people this weekend. <laughs> Bro, that's metal. But, metal there's a fuck. secondary story to it, though, because isn't she catching some shit for the fact that, like, the backing tracks kept playing and, like, yeah. Oh, it's so gone. funny. I just got into an argument with somebody online and Johnny, you know, this and, and Colin, probably you too. I keep having to explain it to people that most rappers are rapping over their own track with their live microphone louder. Hey, yeah. stop. It's still there, but they're going. So don't say that she's lip syncing because she's not. Is she <laughs> rapping on top of her track? Yes. But is she lip syncing? No. It she's is a funny visual rap. I feel like, right. You're, you're right. Oh, there's only like Kendrick and like J Cole. And Jay Z, who don't rap over. Also, there. it's look, it's Cardi B. If if like Punch yeah, Brothers yeah. came right. out and he's not actually fucking playing the mandolin, yeah, that's a bit of a fucking shit thing to do. It's Cardi B. Like, who cares if it's she's a saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, 
<laughs> who cares Wait, where dude. there's a track saying wet ass pussy or her or is that you're trying her? to tell me she she was rapping over the lyrics to bodak yellow she wasn't doing that off the top of her head that's crazy that's a sin I, but it was just funny to me two times in a day do you think the second time she did it she she went viral the first time so she's like i'm gonna do this again I'll probably get more clicks the first she... time seemed like it was like i'm going for it and the well, second time she got she's like, like a thing of ice like an empty vodka soda or something chucked at her. That lady deserved it. Right. And if yeah. you watch, if you watch that full video, the lady, dude, it was like, it was like she was like in ancient Egypt and she had hit the emperor with a rock. Like she threw it, Cardi threw the mic, and she went, You see the video? And she's like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it was like, it was like, it would have been way better. If she was like, Fuck you, dude. Let's throw hands right now. Like, I would have been in for that. For the, for the woman who threw the drink, like, good. Fuck you. I don't know why she threw it at the DJ, though. I don't know why that happened. Uh, apparently, she didn't like the mix, which, what are you, Kanye? Like, come on. Like, it's what like are we doing here? Problem, right. So, like, there, there's so back and forth. I'm a firm believer when somebody does something once and they go viral, they try and recreate it. And part of me thinks she had a PR team being like, hey, Cardi. I do love when bands fist fight on stage. It's fight oh, fight. it's awesome. Action Bronson, when people run on stage, he does wrestling moves on them. <laughs> he picks them up and power bombs them into the crowd. That's awesome. And then people start doing it just because they think it's funny. There's a whole... Dude, he he straight up gave somebody a rock bottom into the crowd, like arm over the shoulder, hand around the throat, rock bottom into the crowd. That's rock and roll. Bronson to suplex me into the stage for content. I would. Devon, get the tables. Like you know what I mean. I want I want to get Dudley Boys into a table by an artist. Like, but I want to run on stage at like a, like a like a Brandy Carlisle concert <laughs> and have her and like the bass player just fucking. 3d me through a table that's what i want go to like a lisa Loeb concert get beat up on stage that's <laughs> rock and roll um yeah we covered a lot there in the music industry in a very short amount of time and i'm proud of that dante's still loading somehow i don't know how uh we'll go on on list off list in a minute but why don't we go into our interview with bailey zimmerman dave do you want to preface this with anything how did it go uh it went great um it's it was one of those like wow we're fucking old moments because he's 23 i think he said but uh Jesus. like he was talking about how he still hangs out with his height like he basically is a high schooler but like though i came out of it he's a really good kid like yeah. he's a really good kid like no hollywood in him which i'm sure at that age at any age if you're just throwing that amount of success you know yeah. like at, overnight like like he's gotten it'd be hard to stay grounded and everything, but he has, and he's a good kid. Um, and he puts on an awesome show and I can't wait to do more shit with him. He's, he's the man. Good kid. Boom. It's perfect timing. Dontavious. How are you? No, not good. Not good, man. Not What's good. wrong, buddy. Oh, he's a scofflaw. Just a lot, dude. Um, were you guys just talking about Bailey Zimmerman? I'm assuming we were. Mm-hmm coolest kid ever he's the, he's the man he uh haters will probably be like oh yeah perfect comparison but uh i told dave afterwards i was like man he reminded me so much of sammy adams uh mm, country yeah, version. That's, that's a really good comparison country version obviously just very very like magnetic energy super enthusiastic like fucking loves what he's doing right now uh cherishing every moment of it not you know being a fucking cocky asshole um 
I mean, Dave and I, we were joking around. We seriously could have sat with that kid for three hours and had an unbelievable conversation if he didn't have to perform. Like, he was – we the only reason that, that, that well. interview stopped is because he had to be in stage in, like, ten minutes. But it, went, it was still, like, an hour-long interview, and, like, we, were, we weren't even slowing down. We were just getting going. He's that, he was that fucking cool. Yeah, I can't wait to sit down and listen to this whole thing because I only saw a clip that uh, Coleman sent me or uh, Cole sent me. It's a good interview, and I'm excited for this one. So let's go into our interview. With Bailey Zimmerman. How you feeling? You feel all right? Welcome to Three Guys One. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Three Guys One Hay Bale, where it doesn't have anything to do with hay bales. We just get high and talk about <laughs> random stuff on hay bales. Yeah. Are you a conspiracy weed? theory guy? A little bit. Okay. Little we bit. need weed in here, and we're going to talk like JFK assassination. You know, I, would, I like to talk about it. It's not that I have, like, my set opinions it, it's entertaining it's, it's in, exactly right yeah I dude my opinion right now exactly it's yeah. good to discuss things yeah. and not just write them off like like no you're wrong no wait hold on change my mind then tell you know what why. dude why. you know go. what i you know what i keep saying right now with all this alien shit coming out every day what about all the people in like the 70s and 80s that were called insane psychos yeah, liars blah blah they have the bunkers. No, but all these people that were like, I yeah. saw aliens. I got abducted by aliens and all these Schizo. people. Schizo. Yeah, you're like, fucking no, crazy. You you're nuts. Now yeah, everyone's right. just like, like, no, those people were fucking right. Yeah. Now the people are like, they're sitting in their insane asylum bed. They're like, I, I fucking, fucking told, told you, you 40 I fucking years. Fucking years. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, what's his name in Independence Day? <laughs> uh, uh, Randy, Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I told you guys. Yeah. I said it. I said it. And they're like, and you thought I was crazy. You made me stay in this hotel or the hospital <laughs> for, for most of my life. Yeah. We're rolling. Oh, no, we're rolling. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are Barcel backstage. We are joined by Bailey Zimmerman, and we have now changed the podcast name to Three Guys Smoking Weed on Hay Barrels Talking About <laughs> Random Shit. Um, what's the first random thing that's popped in your head right now? Go. Chicago is so huge. It Isn't really that is. Scary? How many people? Haven't you here? been in New York City yet? I fly I've to New been, York. It's like, scary, bro. It's honestly the scariest thing ever. Like, you walk outside and people bump into you and they don't say sorry. Oh, New York? Yeah. Worst people. Oh, they're assholes. And, and, like, you wave at people and they don't wave back. Why didn't you wave at me? I thought we were friends. You'll get that Midwest hospitality here. You yeah. won't get that in New York City. No. It's the greasiest, scummiest people on earth. And I will <laughs> take that to the fucking grave. Uh, a, but I like it's I'll hard fly to argue. There you know, he's an Illinois guy. Yeah, I know. Illinois yeah, guy, yeah. yeah. Where the hell is Louisville, Illinois, though? Louisville? Louisville. My okay, bad. Fun fact, fun fact. My bad. In the original deed to my small village, it's called the Village of Louisville. And they're, and when they went to go do the deed, it was supposed to, uh, allegedly, allegedly, Ale- yeah, quote me right. on this, mm-hmm. allegedly, there was, it was supposed to be L-E-W-I-S-ville, Louisville. But then they messed it up and spelled it like, somehow, whoever messed it up, Spelled it like Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. And then now we are Louisville, Illinois. Just not pronounced Louisville. No, right. Uh, what high school did you go to? Um, it was called North Clay High School. How many North kids? Uh, my graduating class had 25. 25. 25 That's people. insane to me. Yep. Wow. Oh, yeah. I knew everybody, their grandmas, their great-grandmas, their dogs, their you, pet goldfish. So you have to be like mayor. Yeah, that's what I was when just about to say. When you go back, yeah. they must. I don't have a sign yet. Are you pissed about it? You don't have a I'm street, like, honorary... Louisville, get it together. I'm not upset at all. 
but hopefully one day it just it does say home of Bailey. Yeah, yeah the, the, on the water tower or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm all, all I'm asking for is a water tower or something. That's all you need. Do they have water towers in your town? Of course they do. <laughs> what kind of question I is mean, that? One. How many stoplights? Zero. Zero. How? Um, handful of stop signs. I want to go check this place. I love going. Dude, this is like Sydney's small towns. Home, Dude, like yeah. This. If you if you went back with me. It would be so awesome because I could show you all the cool ass places. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you're into this, but you like if if you're like bored on a Sunday and you live in Louisville, you go to Salt and Strings Butchery. You know why? Because all the Sundays have all the deer that everybody have killed, and you just watch people skin deer. <sighs> and you, love I the puked. That, that's that's like the thing to do. You go up there, you talk with all your old buddies, you get a sandwich from up front, and you go back and just watch deer get cut up and skinned and. Talk about hunting and All right. deer. And so the next time you're actually in Louisville, we will come down. I will drive we down. Will, we will do a day in Louisville with, whatever. with yes. BZ. Barstool Sports takes over Louisville. No, yes. I, swear to, I swear to God, we will take you up on it. But I don't That'd think you're sad. ever gonna. I don't think you're ever gonna be there again. You just told us your tour schedule, <laughs> bro. You Hold are on, you, like. I don't think that was you're recorded. You're like Carmen San Diego, man. Go over just a few of your next few like itinerary. So this is the craziest two weeks that I'll have this year. And it goes... Where'd you come from? I came from Nashville. Okay. Came mm-hmm. from Nashville. Not had bad. Three, two days off in Nashville. Did now, you honky-tonk a little bit? No honky-tonking. No honky-tonking. <laughs> I had one dinner, maybe a couple drinks. I don't kiss and tell, but maybe Bro, a couple. we were just there. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still taking Hungover. cock drops. I'm yeah. still recovering. Oh, yeah. Kicked the shit out of us. <laughs> You know, like Shane Gillis and and that whole all those con- comedians that yeah. run in that circle. Uh-huh. So we had well, yeah, them. yeah, you know of them. Mm-hmm. We had a pool party, beer Olympics there, and I was so hungover. And I've never met these guys, and I love those guys. I was so hungover, I just didn't go because I'm like, I can't drink alcohol right now, and I know they're gonna try to fucking kill me. And you're gonna do it if you go. Oh yeah, I would have been obliterated. You have to. You have, you have to. You have to. And Jelly Roll uh, had a bunch of weed. Apparently, it was that the greatest weed in the entire world. Apparently, it was like the just, like one hit, and you're just on Mars. So that's what I skipped because I was afraid. Yeah. Um, Don't you turn have thirty by the by the way. Yeah, you have every reason to be scared as well because Jelly is just a force to be mm-hmm. reckoned with. If you smoke with him, it's like. <laughs> yeah, you're going to Mars. You're going to Mars. It's a great time. Great time. Oh yeah. Gosh, dang man. Yeah. All right. That's a, all right. That's smoke, episode. Smoke oh, you have to. You, you can't right. be a pussy. That's episode two. We're we're putting together. We're putting together a whole season here. Three guys on a hay bale smoke yeah. with jelly roll. All right. You came in from Nashville. You're not even fucking here for twelve hours. Right. You're like in rocking windy city smoke out. Yep. Which, by the way, that's where we are right now. Uh, Dave forgot to mention that we're backstage at windy city smoke out. Twenty twenty three. Uh, is this is your first one? Yeah, first one. Everybody's I, been talking about it. Have you ever been as a fan or a no? Guest? I, I've I've never even heard about it. I was literally just talking about this with people outside. I'm like, man, that stage is huge, and they're like, yeah, this is a massive festival. I'm like, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, it's it's, no, I, it's I a no huge fucking. I have no idea what's going on. This thing grew from this little thing. We were just talking to Randy Rogers. He played one of the first few years. It was under a bridge, in the Chicago Tribune parking lot few thousand people now it's yeah like two three thousand people maybe i saw chris stapleton with one of our other guys he's on his way here um it was like a thursday at like 5 p.m on a side stage with like 50 people 
It was unfucking believable. Yeah. Holy shit. And then wow. six months after that, he was on stage at the Grammys with Justin yeah. Timberlake. Uh, um, that Traveler album, dude. So I mean, yeah, I have to hop into Chris Stapleton, but oh my gosh, what a legend! Oh, he's so, the biggest legend on earth. So how how fired up were your family and friends to hear you were playing Smoke Out? So we're actually from Southern Illinois. So we we have it's, Chicago is a totally different life. Yeah, oh yeah. We we don't even know. You probably identify with St. Here. Louis, right? I I identify as Southern Illinois. Which is Carbondale, Southern more, Illinois. I would be. I know St. Louis more than I know Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Like Bush Stadium, I mm-hmm. grew up going to St. Louis. is an hour and a half away. Yeah. So I could go watch a Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. It was easy. Yeah. So St. Louis is more of my territory than right. Chicago. Brutal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Not not gonna lie. Well, you're gonna be headlining this shit in in due time. You were blowing the fuck up. Thanks, or dude. you, uh, rookie of the year. Who who? Dude, rookie of the year for Billboard. Yeah, Billboard. Dude. It's insane. Your numbers on Spotify are fucking wild right now, going fucking bananas. Uh, Like, how are you handling all this? How old are you again, by the way? 23. Yeah, I was going to say 23. Um, The, like, if I was 23 and just got all that success thrown at me, I'd be, like, dead or in rehab within a week. (laughs) (laughs) So I see you out there. You're like, oh, hey, come on, what's up? And we're talking about smoking weed, like, within three seconds of meeting each other. How have you managed to, like, not be a 23-year-old idiot, but... You know, be a twenty-three-year-old idiot at the same time without you know going too far because you got all this, you know, all the girls, all the success, all the fame. You know, mm-hmm. um, man, just like you said, not going too far with it, really. Yeah. Honestly, like, um, I like, I've been poor. Like, I know what it's like to have no money. Your bathroom door hit your living room couch. I mm-hmm. know what it's like. And when I got the opportunity to have success and to have money and to ha- be able to take care of my mom. That's what it was, really. Like, that that's awesome, dude, yeah. Like when when I was first able to just even like show my mom a jet or show my mom a stadium or something, and saw like the joy that brought her, like me being who I am, brought the joy to my mom. That's what made me go like, Nah, I'm not messing this up. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not going to the bars. I'm not partying. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna do this stuff. You'll see me drinking. And you see me smoking, but I never let it get out of hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moderation. Yes, I can have a lot of fun, and I can be, like, an animal and party. But yet again, man, like, these days, it's so Okay, so last year, Willie Nelson was the headliner here. Willie Nelson hypothetically walks in this trailer with just a shit ton of weed. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, and a shit ton of booze, and he's like, hey, Bailey, we're going out. Me and you tonight. We're going. You have to to go. No, I mean. There's exceptions to rules, right? I'm. I am in it for the story. Yeah. Yo, Zach Bryan right now comes I love this and guy. says, dude, you're going to do 10 shots for shots with me right now. I'm going. You have to I'm do going. it. I'm going. I mean, I have to. I can't not say – I can't say no. But if it's up to me, I'm going to bed in my bus. You know yeah, saying? yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not easily, easily You You like – you giving the peer pressure a little that's, bit. That's, that's the Everybody's too, supposed though. to. I've, I've um, been around Morgan and Hardy mm-hmm. and Earn. A lot, and I've been touring with them. So, and they have. Is that the best tour crew? Oh, all dude, time, that's got to be how? How old is it? Twenty three? How old is Morgan Wall now? Like thirty ish? Yeah, thirty. I think he just turned thirty. And obviously, he's just like the hottest dude on earth. Yeah, crazy. How it's got to be like fucking impossible for you. But to, Hardy and Ernest are fucking uh, party animals too. Like that's, that's like, what I'm. That is like the best the crew. At first, we were partying, but then we like. And I'm like, we just like, it almost feels like after our break we took, mm-hmm. we got our heads on straight. Everybody really did. And dude, we love partying just like the next person, but we've realized, yo, if this messes up, my mom doesn't have a house anymore. Yep, yep, my yep. dad doesn't have a mm-hmm. house. Like, 
I have to take care of the people that take. I now have twenty something people on my on my salary. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have th- those people don't th- get th- to have dinner tomorrow night if I don't. Sit. But if you so fuck like, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't fuck up. I have to be the best person I can be. So that's kind of like we've all really, really honed in on like. Man, if you're gonna party, do it really low key. That's like, great. Yeah. Bus and party with everybody. If yeah, yeah. Do this. Just be really smart about mm-hmm. it. Don't do stupid. You know, shit. don't make out sorority girls at yeah, Alabama stupid. and all that. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, back when I was 18 in my hometown, you could go to the bar and be so annihilated and fall asleep in the bushes, and it didn't matter. Yeah. But now it does matter if you get caught in those bushes. Oh yeah, you're, you're a public figure now. Yeah, you'll be all over the yeah. fucking internet. You know. Right, so. I just um, moderation, man. Yeah, yeah. Moderation. I keep everything moderated, and I've got good people around me, dude. Mm-hmm. I've got good people. around me. And you me got a good head on. on your shoulders. Like if you know how to moderate, right. you can go out and have fun, and oh, you yeah. know, and if you have an off week or whatever, go out and get blasted one. And day. I'm not yeah. saying I don't, dude. I, I get blasted. I, I, I will. <laughs> I will get blasted. I love. I love getting drunk, just like I did when I was 16. You know. Yeah. But, but then getting again, it's awesome. just like I just do it very. Uh, Carefully. I just very carefully now. Yes. Yeah. And, and I do make mistakes too, man. I, I've been caught out be, doing stupid shit already. But yeah. it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's I'm bound human. to happen. I'll, it's bound to happen. I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. It's fine. But uh, waking just up every some day. some awesome song about getting canceled and turn it, like spin it, like Papa Doc it. You've seen it yes, now, right? Yes. Yeah. Papa Doc, everybody's trying to cancel you. Be like, hey, here's hey, I'm not song. canceled. You're canceled. Here's 35 million views on Spotify over a fucking week. Like, <laughs> there you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, um, yeah, being being smart, just doing the right things. I mean, I believe in God as well, and I preach that mm-hmm. a lot too. So I, I really, some people can't understand that even though I preach God, I still sin. That just doesn't comprehend with them. But, like, I still sin every day, but I still try to be the good person yeah, that yeah. I want to be. And uh, You're human, God man. But, You're human. Yeah, so preaching God every night is like, yo, you got to watch your P's and Q's, mm-hmm. man. Like, really try to be a really good person. So, yeah, focusing on that right now. Could change tomorrow. I have no idea, but right now that's what I'm No, don't let that change. Don't I'm impressed, change. man. You have come a long way, but you're still very you're in your grounded. Yeah, no, but you're still grounded. Like, you can tell you're still, like, the small town guy oh, like, yeah. deep down yeah and that's the weirdest thing i hate to go back to it, but that's the weirdest thing because no, I, like I still am that small town kid but i can't be the small town kid that i was because small town bailey likes to get drunk mm-hmm. with his friends and go to the bars and you know see girls and get girls and do the thing now it's like you're only yeah. it's 20 weird, right it's weird that's not how i meant it but, <laughs> but yeah but no i get it no i get it i, I still have the same morals yes. how did oh, yeah. so before you i hate using this term but blew up how were you managing? I mean, what, so you had a job, right? You had a nine to five, and yeah, you were trying more to more like a twelve to twelve, dude. Like Holy shit! Midnight to midnight. What yeah, were you doing? We were building gas pipelines. Damn. So like, basically, when you got on a job, you just was like, don't expect to sleep, don't expect mm-hmm. to get days off. You're gonna work for the next eight months, make the money you can make, and then go home, and you'll have two months off. So it's just basically like 24-7, go, 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 go. Yeah. So how are you pursuing music, even staying on track with music while you're doing that? Dude, I wasn't. That's the craziest thing. So um, I was building gas pipelines. I started in 2018. And then in 2020, I was like, at the start of it, I at the start of the year, I was like, man, I really want to do something different, but I don't know what I want to do. Like, I really love lifting trucks. I've been putting my truck on social media, and I had... 
forty to fifty thousand at the time on social media followers for my truck only that I built, and then my idea was I'm gonna get out of pipeline by building lifted trucks with my brother because he's a genius when it comes to just making anything out of like nothing. Like he can make anything out of metal, wood, whatever. If, if you can like build it, he can. If he can dream it, he can build it. So I was like, man. I'm going to build lifted trucks with him, and that's what's going to get me out of Pipeline, and I can stay home and see my mom more. Nice. So then two days into doing that, I had really never sang before. I'd sang in the truck and shit, but I never tried to sing or tried to write songs or ever even thought of being an artist. Like, mm -hmm. it never even crossed my mind. Like, it was – that's what the people on YouTube do, the people that sing. I don't sing. So then two days later into building lifted trucks with my brother, we, like, started um, – we started on this new truck, and uh, I was waiting on parts to come in, and he was bringing them out to me, so I just got bored, and I was listening to Blackstone Cherry, Stay mm -hmm. by them, and then I was just like, man, I'm going to see if I can sing this song. So then I like put my phone up and tried to sing, just like acapella, because I didn't have music or nothing. I just like sang it, and then I listened back, and I was like, man, that kind of sounds like the record a little bit like that sounds really good and i was like okay cool i'll put it on snapchat maybe i'll get some girls or something from like my hometown maybe they'll be like yeah yeah oh i didn't know you sang yeah, i didn't know yeah. you were a singer so then did the exact opposite um <laughs> this dude named gavin lucas in my hometown his dad drove my bus when i like all my all my years in grade school he drove my bus number three and uh but i never knew gavin so gavin hits me up and he slides up on my snapchat story and he was like i didn't know you were a singer bud and i was like well, I'm not, but I tried today, and it, like, I don't know. What do you think? And he was like, well, I write songs, and I think your voice is freaking awesome. Would you want to just listen to the songs I've written? And this was in November of 2020, going into December. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, man. I'd freaking love to do that. So then I sat down with him one night, and we just became best buds. Like, we became best friends. I started listening to all his songs he wrote. And then, literally, two weeks later, first song – I. He goes, we're, like, going in to write just like we would, except I didn't write with him. I just watched him write. Mm -hmm. So I was just learning, I guess. Like, I, I didn't call it learning. I was just like, this is so fascinating watching you write these songs, play guitar and sing and melody, all this stuff. It's crazy. So there was one night that we got together that changed everything, really. It was – we were getting together at my grandpa's shop um, in Louisville, and we were going to just, like, jam. We called them jam sessions. And he was like, hey, bud, um, would you, do you think you could try to write a song with me? And I was like, yeah, dude, I think I could try to write a song. And he's like, no, man, a real song. Like, let's try to write a real song that means something. And I'm like, all right, well, I've never written a song before, so I'll try just my best to do what you, I've yeah, been yeah. seeing you do. And he was like, all right, well, let's try. So we got in there, and we spent probably two, two or three hours sitting there jamming, and then we came up with, the first verse to my first single and that night we wrote it just messing around having fun put my phone up again on the toolbox just to record what we were doing so we wouldn't forget the melody and the words literally if you go back you can find this video it's a video of me with a notebook and i'm reading the words i'm singing the words off the thing like it wasn't even intended to ever mm -hmm. see anything i never posted me singing ever on any social media so then that night i get home and I'd been jamming that video all the way home because I was so excited because I'd never written a song before. I helped write this verse. Like, it was so fucking awesome. And then I called Gavin, and it was like 2 a.m., and I was like, yo, would you care if I posted that video on TikTok? I don't know why, but just something is telling me that I should post this on TikTok. Like, 
it sounds badass. I think I think people might like it. And he was like, he's like, well, hell, just just post it then, and if it gets some views, we'll th- see about recording it because we had never recorded a song right. either. So he's like, we'll see how you record a song. If it gets some views, maybe we'll get a song recorded. And I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Like, let's do that. So then, dude, post it, not thinking nothing. It's like 3 a.m. shouldn't blow up. Like, at 3 a.m., nothing should go, right? Right. So I post it, dude, wake up at like 7 a.m., roll over to my phone, like, bring, 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 just like freaking out, like, ding, 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 ding. It's like glitching because it's like freaking out. And I grab it and it says like 870-something thousand notifications from TikTok. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? So I like literally in my underwear, just woke up and I'm like swiping through. Half like, asleep. I'm like, holy shit, man. It had like almost 2 million views, over 10,000 comments, like just like. This Holy is like this shit. is like a movie script. This, dude, this is unbelievable. Yeah, dude, unbelievable. And I'm like, what the freaking heck? So then I got up, still in my underwear. First thing I did was called my job and quit. I was I'm like, me, oh. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> you didn't, dude. didn't even fucking call your your boy Lucas or no, whatever. Dude, yeah, immediately. <laughs> so yeah, I'm job. never coming in again. <laughs> so I call my job. I'm like, hey, my name's Bailey Zimmerman. I want to quit. I want to quit. And they're like. Oh, so you just want to, like, get taken off the work list, which you had a list that you got on, and then you got picked for jobs, right? Mm-hmm. That's how a union works. So I said, no, I don't want to be on the list. I don't want a card. I'm never paying my dues again. I'm done <laughs> being uh, – I'm never doing labor again. I'm never being a laborer. And they were like, well, what are you going to do if you're not going to do it? Because that was the best job you could get around us. They're like, oh, well, you're what probably if, making bank, right? Yeah, like, it was like, what are you going to do if you don't do this? And I'm like – I'm going to be a country singer. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, good luck, dude. That's what everybody's trying to do. And I'm like, all this, right, thanks. Yeah, this great. really happened. I swear, dude. Dude, this Literally. is, wait, wait, this is like, one of the best stories so I've the, ever how heard. How long after uh, November, December was this, 2020? So December, it was like going into um, – it was like two weeks before Christmas is when – it was something like that. Don't yeah. quote me because it's, it's right like around then, yeah. Right around there. And – Dude, I still remember my dog was, like, running around in the backyard, and I'm, like, on the phone with my labor union, and they're like, yeah, good luck. And I'm like, all right, yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to need it. Bye. <laughs> so then call Gavin in my underwear still. I haven't even left my bedroom to tell my mom what's going on. Like, yeah. Nobody knows outside of this room. So I call Gavin. I'm like, dude, have you seen TikTok? And he's like, but I ain't got TikTok. You know that. And I'm like, because he's, like, real old soul. He's yeah, like, yeah, I ain't yeah. got TikTok. And I'm like, dude, okay, bro, our video blew up. And he's like. Like how blew up? Like what do you mean? I'm like, dude, Couple like hundred. two million, two million freaking views, dude. And he's like, dude, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, dude, I know, I'm freaking out too. And he's like, he's like, um, dude, okay, all right, uh, take off of work today, and come to my apartment because he was about an hour from me because he was working an hour away. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, come to my apartment and and let's just, f- I'll call off work too, and let's just figure this out. Let's figure out what to do. And I'm like, oh, dude, I already quit my job. And he's like, you quit the labor's union? I'm like, dude, I quit everything, bro. Like. This, we don't have a choice. We have to make this work. I have to be an artist. I want to do this. You know like, what they call that? Burning the ships. Yeah. When in, when invaders used to come and take over like lands like conquistadors, they would set the ships on fire when they were making their way to shore so there was no turning no back. To go back, yeah. So they literally were like, you're either fucking taking this shit over or yeah. you're dying doing it yes dude and that's like that's cr- so for you to just quit your job with no backup plan it was crazy no, that's that's it fucking i respect the hell out of that that, thing, man. that takes Thanks. fucking balls man and dude, i don't know just something about the video just like 
Man, I, honestly, I've been praying for a minute about it. Like, man, what am I supposed to do? Like, I feel like I want to do something different, but I don't know what it is. And then... So I'm wondering, what made Gavin insist that you help write? Why was he so... We were just, like, writing. And we were just, like... we. I'd just been watching him for about two weeks or so, two or three weeks, whatever it was. And then that's he just called me and was like, dude, do you think you could write one with me? Like, I, I want you to help me. And I'm like, okay. I'll, I can try, and this, that's when we just tried. This story is crazy. Yeah, dude. It, this is one of the best stories I ever heard. Crazy, this bro. And like, it's crazy, bro. It's giving me So, so yeah. keep it going. So then, COVID hits, right? No, COVID's already a thing. Okay, COVID's 20, already yeah, a thing. Yeah, COVID's, COVID's been oh, a thing. Oh, it's no, it's all right. Yeah. So, um, dude. Okay, so after that, um, went over to him, realized that. There is people that will record your music for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it at your ha- like house. <laughs> That's what we thought. That's what we, <laughs> yeah, we, we always thought that. Thinking, yeah. You had to do it at your house. You had to have a studio. <clears throat> so I was like, okay. So we figured out that um, there's a producer in Nashville that will do it for 3000 bucks. He's going to do it for three grand. So I, mom doesn't even know about me quitting my job yet. Yeah. I, I went to Palestine, saw Gab before I even talked to my mom, mm-hmm. anybody. So then I come home, and I've done all the research. So I'm like, okay. So I... I, I all day, I'm like, okay, $3,000, I have to stream. How many streams do I have to stream? Okay, da, 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 I did all the math. Okay, <laughs> if I stream this many streams, I can make this money back, <clears throat> and then I'll make my money back, and I won't lose money. So I go to my mom, because I have none at the time, right? I said, Like I said, I, I had no money. I, I was about to get my truck repaid. Like, I was, like, yeah. on the verge of losing everything. And um, then I walk in, and I, I was like, Mom, I quit my job. And she, like, took the glasses off she's like what <laughs> i'm like i quit my job because look and i showed her the video and she was like what does this mean and i'm like this is a song that i wrote that's me singing and she's like you sing and i'm like yes i'm singing <laughs> this is a song i wrote and it has two million views and she's like okay and i'm like i posted it last night and i've done the math it's gonna cost me and gavin three thousand dollars to record this song but Gavin said he would put 1500 up if I could put the other 1500 up, but I don't have $1,500. So if you will give me $1,500, I've done the math that if I get this many streams, that means that I can pay you back within this amount of time, and then we will pay you back, and I won't owe you money. And she was like, do you believe in it? And I was like, yeah, I believe in it 100%. And then there you go. Um, now we're here. Now we're now, with you guys. Fast I signed forward, a record yeah. deal like two months later. Fuck, man. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. So what's next? I obviously we talked about your have a crazy couple of weeks coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you still get to you you go back to Louisville? I'm I'm trying to like put all this together in my head because I I've known your story just the clip notes of it, um, but I never heard it in full detail mm-hmm. like that. Um, fuck, man, dude, crazy. Like, no, it's crazy. I, I it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and, and like, you know, it was normal until like two months ago when mm-hmm. it really set in like man this is the coolest shit ever man like yeah dude what the freaking heck and is were you really a going big on? country music fan growing up oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah big rock fan though yeah yeah big rock fan like big uh motley crew tesla oh, yeah, def leppard yep. poison yep. like so joan 80s. jett oh yeah oh yeah dude like nickelback mm-hmm. hinder uh three days grace three Doors oh, down yeah. all those people man like I was really into those bands, and then that was my mom, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, my mom took me to my first concert ever. It was Tesla. Yep. Tesla and Pop Evil. And I, I went to and, uh, mm-hmm. Peoria. And that, when I was eight, I saw my first set of boobs at that How show. How were they? 
awesome. They were, awesome. And she was real old. There was a granny on some shoulders. But Jeff Keith pointed at me, and he, get, he he like points at me in the crowd, and he's like, "Look!" And I turn, I'm on shoulders, and I turn around, and she's just like, <laughs> like showing her boobs. And I'll never forget it because it was the first time, not only that I'd been to a concert, but the first time I'd se- seen boobs. I remember. So my it was first like, pair. what a what a monumental day that was, and that what really got me into just loving concerts, loving music, yep. loving just like all that stuff. Eight years old, that's a big deal, you know? So that's when um, I really started diving into music. And then my dad kind of brought me on, like my mom put me on like Kid Rock, Sheryl Crow, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, all, like Dixie Chicks and all them. But, um, but then my dad put me on, I remember, so my dad was never like the guy to be like, I love this song, I love this artist, I love music. He was just like work hard, mm-hmm. whatever. So he never really cared about music. And but there was this one song called um, "Wake Up, Wake Up, Loving You" by Craig Morgan. It had the alarm clock at the beginning of it. Um, and every time that song would come on, he would just crank that song. He'd be like, "Dude, this song is freaking! I love this song." And that's what got me into really loving country. And then like from there, it was like from Eminem to Jason Aldean to Eric Church to Tesla to Nickel. I mean, it was just like all genres. We, we of music. interviewed. If you ever in in your future, because you got like we just talked to Randy Rogers, um, and he he's forty three now. I think he's been doing it twenty three years since he was twenty. Uh, so you got a whole fucking. 20 plus years ahead of you hopefully hopefully are you any consideration to switch genres or is you i wouldn't even right say now? like i wouldn't even say switch genres just like do what i want mm-hmm. really oh I really, yeah, yeah i yeah. just want to do yeah. whatever i want like it, i've got a collab out right now with dermot kennedy and uh uh young boy nba mm-hmm. and that's like way crossover oh but that's huge i don't crossover, even look yeah. at me being a pop artist or whatever i just like doing my things on pop or rock or indie songs. Fucking anything, I just, yeah, yeah. I just anything, love music, right. so. Um, I was going to say, though, but if in your next 20, 30, 40, 50, ho- hopefully up to, like, Willie Nelson, 90, I think he's 90 on the dot now. Crazy. Um, but if you ever get a chance to meet Chad Kroger of Nickelback, dude, absolute fucking bro, best dude on planet I, Earth. I am like, I, okay, if Chad listens to this, I say we're best friends because I feel like we're best friends. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> think we're best friends, but I do think we're best friends. Um, dude, Chad, I'm at dinner with Chad. Oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, so you I'm, have dude. met him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's met everybody I've, already. I've been with Chad yeah. a bunch. So my management uh, manages Nickelback. Okay. I, okay. So, so yes. yeah. So um, we're at dinner one night with Brantley Gilbert, uh, Jelly Roll, and Chad, mm-hmm. and we're all doing like the big dinner, like we're having fun, smoking weed, you know, drinking, yep, having yep. fun. And um, Chad looks at me across the table and goes, "Hey." What are you doing tomorrow? Or for the next like four days? And I'm like, um, nothing. What do you want? And he's <laughs> like, do you have a passport? And I was like, yep, got a passport. And he's like, all right, you're getting on my jet and you're coming to my house in Vancouver and you're going to write songs with me. Get two of your best buddies that you like to write with. We're putting them on my jet and we're going to my house and we're going to write for four days. Now, we did that. It wasn't a super proactive four days because there was a lot of beer and yeah, smoking yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. But. It was the best experience I've ever had in my whole life, I, and I, I got to play Nickelback Rockstar with him at Tailgates and Tallboys. And because uh, he does Rockstar karaoke, so Dude, you, awesome. Well, you're you're leaving tonight, but one of our guys here did Rockstar on like Long Island, right, Glenny? Uh, when they were playing in New York. Oh, Glenny. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, Glenny, Glenny Balls. Balls. I love yeah. him. Yeah, Glenny Balls. So he did the same thing. I had to fly out back to Chicago the next day, otherwise I would have done it. So I was like insanely fucking jealous about it, but. Like I just threw him out there. Like you're you're living the twenty three year old dream, man. Dude, it is 
Such and you a have a great bro. head, like head on your shoulders about it. I tried yeah. to, bro. It's just like, it's just the coolest shit ever, man. Like, it is. It's yeah. Like, yeah, nine year old. You can me tell is you're like, really enjoying it too. Like some oh, yeah. guys, like, I mean, and I'm sure you'll get there eventually, but they're just I have worn my days. out. Yeah, I have yeah, my days. Like, you know, you have fuck, your days. Like, but man, I gotta wake up and go to another airport. Like I said, yeah. dude, I am just so grateful to get to take mm-hmm. care of my mom, bro. Like. Yeah, Damn, bro. I'm just so blessed that she's still working or no. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so is she one oh, of those yeah. people that she has to work? She loves working. She loves working. If exactly, she could yeah. just be my like, quote unquote, groupie where she just gets to run around with me, mm-hmm. she would love that. But um, we're working on that. We're well, trying. We're trying. You'll get there. Plenty of time for that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Let have the few fun years in your yeah. early twenties oh, yeah. first, and then she can come right, along right. the rest of the family. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so um, as we wrap up, any. Um, so you're gonna you're going to East Moline to, uh, tomorrow tonight. Uh, that's where you're going from here, right? No, we're going to L.A. from here. From here? From here. We go to L.A., then San Diego. From San Diego to Saskatchewan, Canada. From Saskatchewan, Canada to uh, I think Arizona for two nights. Then we go to Rock the South the next night. Then we go back from Rock the South to Arizona. Then yep. travel from Arizona to L.A. to play SoFi Stadium. So you are just. <sighs> Like, I just drove to drop my dog off, and it took me, like, an hour, and I'm like, fuck, man, now I gotta, like, go and do interviews and oh, shit, like, shit, I don't know how man. you guys do it, but, um, what new music you got coming out in the next, you know, weeks, months, years, what do you got? Dude, I don't know, man, honestly, I'm kind of just, just riding right now, we just put my mm-hmm. first record out, yep. so my first album went really good, and I'm just kind of, like, um, religiously, religiously, yeah, yes, religiously, yes. The album. Religion. which I have to ask you about, I'm so, I'm, first off, I'm so sorry, I had to leave, I am having, like, the worst coughing attack ever, oh, dude. From Bro, Nashville, last thing I wanted to do was cough <laughs> on camera. I'm so sorry. No, you're chilling, dude. Um, I thought that was just part of the show. No, <laughs> I was like, like uh, it's just like part of it. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to start coughing and have you be like, "Dude, are you smoking? Not telling me." <laughs> yeah, are you smoking out there? And not even telling me. No, I wish, but um, no, that Nashville virus, dude, got me. I'm, yeah, I'm still down. But uh, no, religiously is. Was that a you and Gavin collab? Was that a Gavin song? Was that a you song? Was that someone else's song? Dude, so um, my buddy Marty, or actually, it wasn't even my buddy yet, technically. Uh, dude, two, two and a half months into singing, right? Twenty, It's 2021 now. Um, I'm, it's like February, March, April, somewhere in there of 2021. And um, I am having my first meeting ever. Like with my management, I just signed management. Yeah. I'm having my first meeting ever, <coughs> and then my manager sends me this song, and it says religiously, and he's like, "Hey, this has been my baby for the last two or th- whatever years, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long they'd had it, but we've had ten artists try to cut this song, and they can't do oh, it. Fuck. They don't. They don't want. They just don't want the song. They don't think they sound good on it. And so I listened to it, and it was a trap beat song." It was like, yeah, like, no, it was like, I went looking at pictures I didn't want to see. They brought back memories. It was like straight up a trap song. So then no way. But I could hear through it. Dude, I was like, oh, no, I can change that. So then I went back to the writers um, and one of them was a dude named Marty James. And uh, I was like, hey, man, do you care if I switch this and try to cut it? And he was like, dude, yes, bro. Do whatever you want with it, man. He, He helped write Despacito. For Justin Bieber. Yeah. Um, so he's like, dude, we don't care, man. Whatever you want to do. We just want to get songs cut. Like, we love that song, and we think it's a big hit and whatever. And I was like, okay. So then, dude, first day I get it back, I got, I went to the studio next day, 
cut it and did all the stuff I wanted to do to it and then got it back and it was what you hear now and it was like holy crap that's a freaking great song and then um yeah dude I sent it to my managers it's an amazing song thanks dude thanks. it is honestly one of those songs I always listen to country no offense when I'm driving of course I think it's the best driving music oh, yeah. uh, definitely Right. Unless Summer you're mobbing downtown. Unless you're like mobbing downtown and you like. Nah, man. That's, I, I'm always, when I'm in the car, I'm listening to it. I listen to Highway a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember the first time I heard religiously. I've heard you before. I heard Rock in a Hard Place. And uh, I knew the name. Bridget's been trying to hook us up forever. We actually had an interview scheduled with you yeah, in, right. uh, in New months, Jersey. That was like months ago, right? Yeah. yeah but like, like, hey, you're coming up. You, your Morgan shows yeah, got, got canceled. Yes, yeah. But, postponed. Yeah. So, fan of yours, and then I hear religiously, and I was like, "This freaking song is unbelievable." Thank you, dude. It is one of those songs that you hear, and I think anybody can relate, or any guy can relate, because it speaks to, you know, there's every ninety percent of the songs are written about you know, love of your life and women and all that, but very few songs talk about that girl in your life believing in you. Right. And having your back. Yeah. And that is like one of, if not the most critical things. Uh, it's like the the, the number one thing in a relationship is like the belief in the other person. Yeah. So just here, every time I hear it, I'm like, I wonder who this was written about. It, it, dude, Marty said um, he wrote it about his ex, like his, his marriage that he had and how like he just like every single time he would see the pictures of them just like and so in love, he would just be like, man, like I really screwed up the one person that believed in me truly. So, so uh, that's where I think, and that's the coolest shit is nobody heard it through the trap beat. But when I heard, I went looking at pictures I didn't want to see. They brought back memories, dude. I was hooked. I was even in a mm -hmm. trap beat. I was hooked. I was gonna ask you, how do you take something that means so much to somebody else and make that your own? Because I that sound, man. I mean, that's what it was really. I, I just related to it so much. Like even the trap version, I was jamming in my car. Like I just believed in it so much. Like man. Like, holy cow. And, and the coolest, actually, part about that song is that in the, um, in, um, and lately life's been good to me. Mama's healthy. I'm helping out the whole family. A lot of people know my name. I made a little change, but it don't mean nothing. That thing never really, like, it didn't hit me and relate to me when I first cut it. But then when I got to release it as religiously, the album religiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's like, dude. You're doing like, a little better. Life's been good to me, man. Like, my mom's healthy. I'm, I'm, I literally am helping out the whole family so right now. So it kind of came like, full circle a little and bit. And a lot of people yeah. know my name now. Like, dude, I made a little change. But that doesn't mean nothing without the person that truly believed in me. Like, it's kind of like making a lot of money but not having the money, not having somebody to share the money with. Like, why the hell am I on this yacht by myself? This sucks. <laughs> 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 so you know it's kind of like i just related to it man like i just and that and it comes out you know like I, dude I've so much so much and it just doesn't work it, it, you just know it right like, yeah ah, nobody's gonna believe that because i don't believe it myself you for know? sure for sure for sure we're we've taken up so much of your time i'm i love it dude. i'm dude me too i'm pissed that you have to leave tonight because i was gonna say I, after dude, your you show we got to go out and get some beers because 
I got. Dude, I could talk to you all night, I man. I literally am sitting in there, and I'm like, "Yo, Zach, are you hanging?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm around all night." And I'm like, "I'm not. Great, <laughs> awesome. I love that you're around all night because I'm not, and I can't party. This sucks." How how, how is Zach a fun guy to drink dude, with? He's, he's son, dude. I've never drank with him. I met him one time. I was a fan of him. I was a fan of Zach Bryan before I was doing music. Way before. Yeah, I was yeah, doing yeah. Music. No I way. was a fan of Zach Bryan. When I first downloaded the the first video I ever saw on TikTok was Zach Bryan by a sweaty as shit by a campfire singing um um gosh it was his first first like big hit it was like it was one of his first ones that I had ever heard on TikTok and um I just remember being like dude Zach Bryan I think he had like eight thousand followers and I clicked follow yeah and I I followed him since the day I ever had TikTok in two thousand and like eighteen when he was still in the Navy dude so wow. getting to like like you said, dude, I've met, Ch- I've, I'm friends with Chad, I'm friends yeah. with Nick, uh, Nickelback, or I'm friends with Morgan, I'm friends with all these people, and dude, Zach, Brian, I got to meet him at the ACMs, and I was shaking in my shoes. <laughs> I'm yeah. so, such a massive fan, such, he's such an idol to me, the way he does his shows, the way he carries himself, the way he don't give a shit about anything but music is like, ugh, so refreshing, dude, so yeah, uh, super ticked off. Now, on that note, Zach. do you still get Starstruck around people? Zach, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I even saw him in there, and we've hung out. We've hung yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even seeing him there, I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, I'm being weird. Like, you're just fucking awesome, man. Like, you're, you're a really big inspiration. <laughs> like, the, you know? like the SNL skit with uh, Paul McCartney and, and Chris Farley. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you remember that beat? Oh, that was awesome. Um, do you remember the first time you got like recognized walking through Chicago or whatever? Um, like just wherever. Yeah, just like from random person. Yeah. I remember first time I got recognized. Oh, so no, dude. Um, it was actually pretty badass because I got, I got used to people knowing me and love. It. Okay, so everybody's like, "Man, how is it being known by all these people all around the world?" And I'm like, "Man, if you think about it, it's really just a big old small town. Like, my truck was famous in my small town. Mm-hmm. So when my truck would come up town." I was driving it, obviously, and everybody would want to talk to me about my truck, and everybody would flood into town and just come talk to me, hang. We would jam my speakers in my bed and mm-hmm. just, like, drink and stuff. So it's kind of like the same thing, just on a massive scale. So it's like I got – I was doing lifted truck stuff. So in my town, it started out in my town. Everybody would come up to my town and, and like, <coughs> see me and stuff. Yep. And then it went to – I was taking that truck to truck shows, and I was doing TikTok with that truck. So, therefore, all the people that were going to all the truck shows knew me. And then when I released a song, that even exploded it more, and I was yeah, still yeah, going yeah. to truck shows. So then when I would go to truck shows, every single truck was playing Never Coming Home. Every single one. Every truck was playing either Never Coming Home, Change, or Small Town Crazy. That's, so pretty, like, that's pretty sick. It was like it was honestly a little crash course before I even got to where yeah, I'm at now. Right, right. I know how to, I know how to like just... I know how to be loving towards everybody, and I know how to not have a short. You've fuse. been awesome with us. Yeah, you know? you, I, it, it takes not everybody's to, like that. It takes a lot to get me upset, man. Like I, I never get upset. I never like get impatient or whatever. I'm just it's these last two years have taught me a lot, man. Like, oh yeah, you just gotta about grow up patience, quick. short fuses, being having anger issues. Like I'm just so so just humbled and like just so content right now that dude, you could have. 20,000 people outside of this building wanting to meet me, and I'll just go through them all. I don't care. I've spent, I love I've spent that, man. four hours after a show meeting every every person from that 3,000-person show I've met. Dude, I believe it. This, oh, was, yeah. this was a five-minute interview. I think we're going on, like, 45 <laughs> right now. Yeah. And I feel like we could go another 45. Like, 
You're you're a great like legit. You're a good Thanks, kid, man. man. You're Thanks. a good kid. That's Thanks. the best way to put it. Like I got a buddy who's about your age. He's, he played football, cup of coffee in the NFL, and I'm like, he's just a fucking good kid. And that's the only way to describe people. Like, I don't know. You just know, you know. Yeah, but dude, man, it's just so easy. It's just a lot easier to be that way. Like, <clears throat> it's so easy to wake up every day, have a great positive outlook. Yep. And then therefore, when all the fans do come up or you have to deal with something. You're not upset already. You're like, man, I've been having a badass day. I don't even care. Like, sure. Like, interrupt mm-hmm. me during dinner. Interrupt me during this. I'm cool. I love you. You're making my music what it is. So, right. I owe, I just feel like I owe it to him. You it's know? a like, great perspective. I just owe everybody have. everything. You need to teach other people that. <laughs> Shit. Like everybody else. No, like no joke. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot Can't. make that horse drink. Yep, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, any parting thoughts? I, we'll let you go. Um, Zach Bryan's badass. Morgan Wallen's badass. Chad Kroger's badass. Um, Chad Kroger's badass. Theo Vaughn's I, badass. Dude, Theo I, lo- awesome. I love. I love him. Barstool's I love Sports that. Barstool's pretty badass. I, it is. I love that you met Chad though. Well, and, the, I just, and the only I way to meet through. Chad as well. Like the only way to hang out with Chad is. Isn't he one of the funniest people? Bro, like, he, and so self-deprecating. That was even such a big eye-opener to me as uh, to, like we were just talking about, just fans yeah. uh, giving back to communities, giving back, doing whatever you can to be a good person and, and like, do that. And, dude, Chad is the number one example of that. Dude, so, literally, you call Chad, and you're like, bro, I- I'm in a pickle. He goes, you need money? You need my jet? You need my house? What, what do you need? What can I help you with? How can I help you? He's, like, the nicest dude. I've Dude, he's fucking awesome. Good things happen to good people, man. Yeah, and. But That's did true. you tell him the Glenny story? Yeah, we, of course he did. You were outside puking or whatever you were doing. <laughs> He's having the weirdest day. Randy Rogers, Rogers walks in here. and um, We don't got to tell this story. I'm telling everybody this story. We don't got to tell this story. He starts story. introducing him as the camera is Randy Hauser, and I'm like, Oh, God, he's good. Hey, that's a compliment, though. Randy Hauser's fucking awesome. And they kind of do look like, to your defense, Really, Hauser's a fucking babe, dude. He's, he is, he's he a good looking. He's a good looking. Andy Hauser's good. I ride in on a sunny day. <laughs> 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 Who? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Bro. We're gonna Bailey, honestly, bro, bro let's right. let's make this yes. day in Louisville, Can Louisville happen. Bro. All right. Here's my idea. All right. I know. I, I know Bridget. I want to meet Dave. We can make that I happen. Wanna, I want to hang with Dave. <laughs> what if we did a cool ass? Because I'm friends with the Barstool. I will say this. Vito oh yeah, from yeah, yeah. Golf. yeah. Love her. So, her name's Hannah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Dude, we get everybody together. Oh, obviously it takes a lot of scheduling, but we get everybody together and we make a day where we like Barstool Sports takes over Bailey Zimmerman's hometown, and we maybe we even throw something. Maybe we throw a square party. Fucking, we throw like a, a block party. Yeah, dude, our block parties are badass. Oh, our, this, our square, Southern Illinois block parties are the greatest. Dude, thing our on square earth. is a square around the big ass courthouse. And it has a stage right in front. All right, of the thing. there you go. go. It's ready to go. All right, right, we will we will make this happen. Let's, let's We're work gonna make this. We will make this happen. You were talking about the whole like not being canceled thing. You got to write your Dave Portnoy theme song, uncancelable. Uncancelable. Yeah, you have to do that. You can't cancel an uncancelable dude. I'm already canceled. It's like Kid Rock. He's like, how are you gonna cancel Kid Rock, brother? I'm Kid Rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and everybody's moving to Chicago. For Dave's not, but a lot of the companies. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, we're gonna right, make cool. this happen. No, let's let's work on it. I'll, I'll for real. I'm, that would be not only would that be like legendary for Barstool and BZ, but like 
have you guys ever done something like oh, that? Oh no, I want to throw. No, up. Man, that's, that would be yeah. fucking no. awesome. We yeah, dude, we, we should do that. We one hundred percent have to do it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about doing that, dude. Yeah, I'm, everything's schedulable. Like we can mm-hmm. schedule anything. We can do whatever. We we have, we have like a real company now that can make all this right. shit happen too. So too. I have labels. We'll and make this happen. I have no awesome. doubt we'll make we, this happen. I want to do like a legit Woodstock with all the gaggle of people. Like dude, we, we should get Chad out there. We got to get him. Yeah, He's yeah, got to yeah, 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 yeah. okay, okay, we'll okay. okay. This was amazing, man. <laughs> all right. So that was our conversation with Bailey Zimmerman. Dude is a superstar. He's about to be one of the biggest names in the country. Go see him on tour. Listen to his new album. Awesome interview. Uh, real quick before we go any further, Kenny, I know you'd like to talk about this. We have two backstage group chats, and we have one with the interns, and they have thrown down the gauntlet. There is a competition happening, and it is the interns versus Kenny production on i don't know what kind of song they're each going to make a heavy dance song i believe was what we came to the conclusion on kenny what would you like to say i got challenged, right like they challenged me is that how I remember? yeah yeah no it, it, it literally was and then i think me and dante kind of egged it on saying like oh we should do this we should do this okay oh, um you? i'm gonna fuck them up dude yeah i have no doubt da- i have no doubt about that i wanted one of them to be present because I feel like they should be able to understand what they're getting into. They have no idea. Let me allow me a, mo- a moment of sincerity. And I said this on the thread too. If Johnny jumps in this competition, we're all fucked. That's oh yeah, I know. Luckily, I think he's on vacation all month. So when are you leaving, Johnny? Uh, like last week of August. Oh, okay, so oh, we got yeah. you for a couple more weeks. <laughs> I was thinking I'd just be a dick and occasionally come on one from like a beach. I'm gonna gonna be playing the part of Dante for August and September, like calling from fucking Ubers in Paris and shit. Do you were you here? You were here, Johnny, when Dante called in from a fucking strip club in in Florida. (laughs) I don't remember that, but I can. I have the full visual. I can imagine it. Dante's like, "Hey, I'm just checking in from 11," and I was like, "Are you at the strip club?" (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it was not not the best night. Thanks for reminding me. That was um, funny. Funny to me, Johnny. You going to Italy? Yeah, I'm going to Rome, Greece, Paris, fucking everywhere. Good for you, bro. Good for you. Are you going to get involved in the uprising in Paris? I think that's cooled down a bit. Not when you get there. No, I'm. You know me. I'm a pacifist slash apathist. Dude, it'd be so good for the podcast if you got guillotined in a public. It's like in a public circle. During my podcast, my record sales royalties to my kid would be amazing. I might even just do it myself. Dude, you're going to guillotine yourself in a public circle? (laughs) (laughs) Well, people of of Paris. Bonjour. Adios. (laughs) (laughs) Drop that shit. That was two different languages. I apologize. Um, uh, Yeah, so Kenny, I have full faith that you're going to dominate uh i would like I mean, to be involved too much fucking pressure on me but uh we'll see what happens i'm stoked are I- any of these interns like actually music producers or are they they just- are music producers okay i mean but- i mean like actually not I mean, everyone's a fucking no, music producer no, these good. days okay. one one's my one's my production partner he's legit uh cole is really fucking pretty good too cole's um, amazing. yeah you're you're gonna you're gonna be impressed i mean you're not gonna be like they were asking me on the side, what's Kenny's deal? I'm like, well, <laughs> if you watched our podcast, you'd see that he has a diamond plaque on his wall behind him. Uh, he also, oh, 
works for Nickelodeon doing a little show you might have heard of called SpongeBob. Uh, yeah. And, and, and lots of very famous artists pay him lots of money to come and record Kenny, songs of him. Kenny, like, can, you, oh, fuck. can you just put the instrumental to sale in? They started freaking. They were like, was he just joking about the Matthew Coma thing? I was like, no, he's like his best friend. He's like, <laughs> I doubt he would phone in a favor for this stupid fucking contest. But no, that would be awesome. I go, he could. See, okay, so but that's why I thought that to even the playing field, all vocals have to be your own vocals. You can't even get somebody else to sing it. So if you want vocals on your track, you got to fucking sing it. And that's what I thought. So that way I can't call fucking coma. Dude, I think you win this. I'll send you the, the samples I chopped up of the podcast. I think you win it do by that. like in, being like meta about it. Because like the production you're going to do is going to be great no matter what. But like get Dave in there with fucking yeah. aliens and shit. For that, but I told them that I want to use all of Dave's samples that Johnny has for my song. Fucking Yankees, the socks, hot dogs, barstool editors, barstool editors. Oh my god! A white socks, a white socks, Dave club banger. Oh my! Yeah. Send the aliens now. Yeah. Oh Please. my god. Oh, okay. So Please. let's go. Let's go in on this off the list because my own list is aliens. One, they're real. Clearly, shouts out Tom DeLong. Two, Dante. Let's get our tinfoil hats on because I think we're both on the same page. Why are they talking about all this shit yeah, now? Lady, you remember that lady? What's about to happen? Who was like, he's not real. He's not real. That, mm -hmm. that thing I saw just a second ago that says we all owe her an apology. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. There's so much going on with the Sam Bankman Freed uh, trial right now and him getting uh, excused while we're doing uh, stuff with aliens in Congress. Wait, what happened with that? Oh, he, he's not getting charged with campaign finance problems. He's getting off the Oh, hook. yeah, obviously. Yeah. So classic example. Hey, idiots, look, there's something shiny over here. Aliens. Bunch of shit just happens yeah, but in the see, background. I think both things can be true. They definitely, like, yeah. are aliens. Sure, uh, but we already knew they, that. Yeah, but then they're going to just use it to hide. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, both you're things tell, are true, I You're think. telling me they've been disappearing people for fucking decades for trying to blow the whistle on aliens, and now they're all just like, of course they're real. You, you believe well, didn't know this? Yeah, that's but maybe you're getting to the point thing. now where they need to actually start letting some information out because something is actually going to happen. It's going to take yeah. like 10 years to get the public ready. Bullshit. Bullshit. Well, I, I say the same. Fucking We're, we've, we are on a strict need-to-know basis yep. with our government, yep. uh, which whatever. You can argue that if, you, if it's a different argument. And for people to think like they have our best interests in mind, you're you're dumber than the fucking conspiracy theorists you call conspiracy theorists. They have a reason for everything they do. And I just want to know what is the reason they're all of a sudden being open and honest and we need to have discussions about Dude, this. Name, I, I got to disagree. Name one time in history where a government has fucked their people over. Dante. <laughs> <laughs> One. Obama. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. How long we got? See, man. If now, if if Trump Daddy would have come on and been like, "Aliens are real," I would have been like, "No, this motherfucker's blowing the whistle because he's dude, crazy as shit." Dude, I know the greatest aliens. I know he, the best. Yo, aliens. We had he, the best aliens. He he tried to. Obama tried to. Obama. Obama. Was on, Obama was on Jimmy Kimmel saying. 
yeah, I wanted to disclose all this classified information on aliens. And like, there are people higher than the president that tell them like, no, you, you're, this isn't coming out. Like you're not doing this. Like presidencies, not Trump, not Obama, but across the board. My point exactly is, so now they're just like letting this dude talk in Congress? Blow me. Blow exactly. me. Tim Boyle right, had I, on. Like, I don't disagree, Colin, but like, what, is, what are they covering up specifically this How time? How much time you got? Well, I don't know. I'm not, like, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, what is the big thing now that is I don't happening? know. Is it I don't know. Thing, you don't know. What? You don't know. Khaled God 24. Khaled God 24. Oh, by the way, Dante, you missed the fact that we're starting a presidential campaign for DJ Khaled. With his running mate being God. Yeah, it's 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 Khaled God twenty four, God did our stool. <laughs> I'm kind of getting. I'm kind. I also flipped the script. I'm kind of getting on in on DJ Khaled. Welcome, baby. Why? Welcome to the party. You missed the conversation. I'm gonna get you. <coughs> I'm gonna turn. And it, his Secretary of the Interior, Obama. That's where I'm at, dude. Obama, Dave. Who's on your list? I'm gonna go with. Um, I got my off my list. My. Go off the I list. Mean, actually, I'll go with this one. I'll go with uh, Chef Joe Flam. Uh, I went to he he is uh, he won season fifteen. Was it Dante Top Chef? Uh, season fifteen of Top Chef. He's friends with Dante and I. Uh, he's got a handful of restaurants in Chicago. I went to his steakhouse last night or Saturday night for the first time. Got a nice uh, little bone in ribeye, and it couldn't have hit the spot more. I love steak. Red meat. How do you get your man, steak cooked? How do you get your steak cooked? Medium rare. Good man. Oh, man. How did you think I got it cooked? My dad know, gets it medium well. That's fucking psychotic. I know. That's because he's from fucking Louisiana. I do kind of like people who go out and order shit well done because I at least respect the fact that they are who they are. Like, no, I don't like when no, you see when they order it well done. My dad, when my dad orders well done, the waitress always goes, Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. What about, I think it's uh, I don't I do you guys know I'm a vegetarian, but I really think it's funny pussy. how fucking like obsessed people are about that distinction. Yeah, like Johnny, it's like it's, it's like fucking politics. Johnny, what about the this plays right into it? I was gonna bring this up, but you lay you fucking laid this up perfectly. What about the people that do this new medium rare plus? Oh blow medium- me, it doesn't it's not it's not real. Johnny, do you that? know about this? No, but I'm sure I'm going to hate it. <laughs> it's a it's a category in between medium and medium rare. Yeah. And medium and and well done. There's a there's You a, know what this is? It's all excuses for not just being able to cook good food. Like they got to invent new things, new names, new everything constantly to just be like you wouldn't have to talk this much about food if it was good. Dante, but back dude, me up. Back me up on this, you- Dante. Back me up on this. When that yeah. order comes into a kitchen in a restaurant, everybody on the line goes, okay, so medium. Like, well, th- dude, this is this is what I was going to say. These are just more people who have no concept of what <laughs> cooking and co- cooking for more than one entails. Like, what a fucking asshole you have to be to send that into a kitchen that has fucking 50 steaks on a broiler or yeah. on a grill. See, I feel or like... It- the most fire restaurants don't even ask you. You're going to get it how the chef 
prepares it. You know what I mean? And that's what how I want it. You know what I mean? I fuck with the yeah, people. Yeah, think go- about the think about this in the music business. If every fucking fan could tell you, no, hi hats should be louder. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of like a guy going into a TJI Fridays and getting the Jack Daniels uh, flat iron steak going. I'd like that medium rare plus and the junkie who's working in the back going, <laughs> yeah, all right, I got your money. <laughs> Just eyeballing the steak like, yeah, it looks medium rare plus. I don't know. Compliments to the chef. Uh, Kenny, who's on your list? Uh, it's kind of on the same uh, line as days. Mine's pork. Yeah, I, uh, for my kid's first birthday, I smoked a pork shoulder for nine hours, and it was fucking unbelievable. Absolutely. What did it cost you? Like fucking twenty bucks? Yeah, uh, like maybe like thirty bucks because it was a huge thing. I fed a whole party, and then it was on one eighty for nine hours. It was great that day, but last night Sarah and I took Hawaiian sweet rolls, nice Oof. sliders with Oof. some slaw on top with that. Oh, yeah, Oof. yeah, fire! Can dude. I piggyback? Uh, on this and just say that my on the list is kenny because when you go to a party at his house he cooks food he, like puts out a spread it's, it doesn't have to be something like elaborate or expensive but there's like this type of person that i meet a lot here and i hate to say it it's fucking americans because i don't it never experienced this in south africa in the greek community where like you go to a party and they've like they put out a fucking half eaten bag of Doritos. Like it's just unacceptable to invite people to your house and not put something. I'm not saying it has to be fancy or expensive, but just like put <laughs> some effort into it. And that's what Kenny is a fucking man at. Cause you go to his house. And it's like, it's always a treat. Yeah. As, as the resident American here, can I back up a second? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you're, yeah, but you're, you're an Italian American. I guarantee that shit's not happening in an Italian American. No, house. I'd like to point this out for a second. So <laughs> you're, you're out of here, Congo. You're, you're compa- <laughs> you, so your comparison is. You no, said, no, no, I'm saying no, no. I'm you, sorry. Hold on, no, 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 no. I have to clarify this. I'm saying that the Italian Americans are not putting out a fucking bag of Doritos. I'm saying they're in the boat oh. of like putting out a good spread for people. You no, see, I'm not going to insult Italian Americans. It's fucking American Americans that are fucking shit about this. Now let me once again backtrack. So your your frame of reference is 330 million Americans. You said I I'm never talking experienced- about Bob and Karen. You go to their house and it's a fucking crudite they bought from Costco, and they're like, "Here, eat it." You fucking. I animal. do have no ruffles with a ranch dip and maybe a veggie platter from Publix. Like the- I'm just saying, I enjoyed the the the. I'd like the sample size here. He goes, I never experienced this in the Greek community in South Africa versus you fucking Americans. It's like, what, all 12 of you were getting together? Like, I'm wow, just we're really saying, I'm just together. saying, I've lived here for 25 years and I've been to far too many parties and it, things where people just don't know how to host. And again, it's not a fucking like how, like, it's not a showing off thing. It's just like an effort thing. Yeah. You know, I think it says, I think it says more about you than us, yes. Johnny. No, but yes. Like, like, hanging out in L.A. Going off yeah, that's true. That's true. Hanging out with, dude. Going off of what Johnny said, I'm going to go straight into my off the list. And it's Good. hosting fucking parties because I mean, <laughs> I smoked chicken legs for four hours. Fucking fire spread. I didn't eat until everybody left. You know what I mean? Ooh, that that's sucks. This is hosting parties. <laughs> Big that, time. Now you know how every grandma feels, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kenny, you're becoming a Vietnamese grandma. How does that feel? My mother is a Vietnamese grandma, and she makes the f- most fire spring rolls you've ever had in your life, dude. That sounds incredible, actually. That does sound incredible right now on a Monday. Johnny, Johnny, as a vegan, if you go to a party, like what is what is like the best option for you? In like we I'm, go, I'm, and I'm, not, a- I'm not a vegan. I was vegetarian. vegan for a while, and I but I that was a bit crazy. That's I'm just saying. 
for for everybody else, like I go to a place and they got fucking pork shoulder that's been smoked. I'm like, damn, this is a fucking spread. If you're vegetarian, you go and you're like, damn, they had fire blank. Like, what is like what like I can tell you. Can I tell you? Can sure, I tell please. Because I've been on tour with fucking John here and his brothers. Those fucking vegetarian fucks, it's either lentils or <laughs> boiled eggs in the bus. Smell the parts. <laughs> Fucking that egg broiler boiler y'all had was fucking crazy, man. What the you gotta fuck? fucking try and eat well on tour, dude. And he had they had this thing How? like hard boil or soft boil, like 12 eggs at one time, but it would just be in the front lounge of the bus. So you open the door and you're like, But tell me you didn't fucking appreciate that when it's 3 a.m. in fucking Birmingham, Alabama, and your option is like fucking roadkill, deep fried roadkill, or like just like some eggs and rice or like something marginally healthy. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm hitting the subway, dog. <laughs> I'm getting that five dollar foot long all day. Oh uh, God, uh, Dave, what was your off the list? Um, slightly stupid sublimate Rome atmosphere and uh, who else were they with? They're all off your list. They're all off my list right now. Why? So Why? I get there. the The show is supposed to start at five o'clock. We get there at like four forty five, and we hear uh, atmosphere on stage already. I'm like, oh, that's weird. He's probably just doing sound check or something. They sent an email out at like four forty five. Who checks their email at a fucking concert? Not me. And atmosphere was on from four forty five to five. Uh, Sublime, oh, it was the, it was the movement. The movement was really fucking good though. The movement's cool. He was really fucking cool. Um. And then it was Sublime with Rome was on for from five to like five forty five, and then slightly stupid from like six to six forty five or something. And I didn't know this, so all of a sudden the fucking show's over and they pack out. Everybody's just standing there thinking they're gonna come out for like a long ass encore. And uh, nope, concert's over. Get the fuck out of here. So they sent an email saying it was short because of the weather. Oh, uh, yeah. So I that's get it, disappointing. But like, yeah, it was a, it was fine though. It was whatever. I mean, we did in their defense get a biblical rain plucking storm. It was like a hard, it was like a hurricane in the Midwest. And on Dude, it, uh, oh, that's on my list. Bad weather in the Midwest, canceling shows, but that you still get paid for. Yeah, yep. yeah, we do love <laughs> big that. time. God, man, um, I gotta respect our, that. Off my list for I believe a second week in a row is Colin Budney because he skipped me again right now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think it's my on list or off the list. My on the list is uh, Francis from Barstool. I went to dinner with him the other night. We went mm-hmm. to Royster, which is a step down from Alinea, Alinea Group's restaurant. They say it's more casual and approachable. It's still fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable service, unbelievable food, um, an amazing dinner. Anyone that's been there knows, but great time with francis he is one of the fucking smartest people i've ever met um he had me like both jotting stuff down that he said and also like fucking rolling on the floor laughing um he's gave me some incredible we talked all about like life relationships growing up uh friends stupid friends and he was it was like talking to like an 80 year old man who has lived through wars and shit he knew way too much than he should for his age i was very very impressed 
Does it shock you that someone that intelligent is actually working for the same company as you? <laughs> yeah, we we actually talked about that and how. Uh, I will I will get into it. I get into it off off air, but yeah, we we talked a lot about about that and his path and how he ended up there. And uh, I was trying to go into him to move to Chicago and get the fuck out of New York. So we'll see. Fingers crossed he actually uh, tries to do that. Boom. I apologize again for not doing that. I thought you already gave yours. Um, Also, I was going to say before you skip me, talking about Johnny's vegetarianism and uh, the whole meat cooking thing. I haven't had a steak now since four months. Your mouth don't work good. That was it the feels first time longer I since we we got a steak. It feels longer than four months, but at the same time, I'm starting not to miss it. Shout out, Johnny. Until you have your first steak, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." <laughs> Fucking awesome. I think that's Kenny. I think that's what I think that's what it is. Like I went out to dinner the other night with one of my DJs, and he ordered one, and I got fucking salmon, and he was like, you "Brought me to a steakhouse, and you're not getting steak." I was like, dude, I can't eat it. We were talking about it, and I was like, I honestly don't fucking, I don't really miss it. Now that I'm not eating meat, I'm fucking housing meatballs. Eating a lot of chicken and stuff. I'm housing but... meatballs. Yo, Johnny, clip that. <laughs> That's one of my I spot. feel like, though, in, in a city like Chicago, it's easy to be any kind of diet. Like, the food's just so fucking good. Yeah. Chicago. Whatever you're like, eating there, you know what I mean? Like, if you were in certain cities, you definitely would be missing the steak because there's, like, no other option. I've never had a bad meal in Chicago, man. I've always had fire-ass food. Yeah. We are we are so fucking lucky. It's unbelievable here. I'd say all of us are kind of – well, I don't know about L.A., but Austin's got – Philly's got good food. No, no, I'm done with food. Austin food, dude. They all get the sauce from the same fucking bucket somewhere and just everything has the same <laughs> sweet sauce on it, what's, whatever what's the fuck about, it is. What's great about L.A. food is that it's out bad. here everything pops up for like as little as three months to one year. Then it's gone and something new comes in. So there's always new crazy good places constantly. See, I don't I don't want new. I want old. I want places that have been around since, you know what I mean? Places that stick around, but it's just interesting. There's always like, yo, let's try this new spot. Yo, let's try this new spot. It's like all the time, new restaurants. Dante owns Yeah, I was going to say Dante owns all the restaurants, so what's the difference? (laughs) Um, All right, does anybody else have an off list other than that? Am I missing anybody? Dante, what's your off? I just said you. Right. Oh, did we talk about your fucking impending child and any parental advice for you? No, fuck, I forgot about that. Um. (laughs) My off list is people doomsday prepping me for being a dad. Uh, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, of course I'm, you are. You're always a beat like a fucking weirdo. Well, it's funny. No, no, I, I, it's the baby part's going to be easy. When the kid finally finds out that you're an Eagles fan when he's like 11 and runs away from home, that's what you need to get ready for. Do you realize he already has Eagles Converse, an Eagles jersey, five Eagles onesies, a hat, He's gonna be in the fucking crib, dude. You know what? Do it this way. I had friends here for their for the birthday party. They have like a four week old or whatever, and they said twice a day when their baby's losing his fucking shit, they go. Kenny and Sarah had two at a fucking time. So anytime you think you're losing your shit, just remember it. Could I just talked. I just talked to my wife about that. I said Ken- Kenny's the one who's been pushing the button on me, being like, I can't wait to see you in shambles. Your fucking life is over. And I'm like, Well, you got two. 
Yeah, my boy, uh, was like, as soon as he got to the party, I go, yo, scale of one to 10, how tired are you? He goes, fucking 15, dog. I'm like, I know, man. Holland, I want to hear for the group and for the conversation, I want to hear some of the most memorable advice you've been given, both good and bad. And I want the fathers, Kenny and Johnny, to, to weigh in and tell you if that's correct or not. Well, it's funny because I'm I'm going through this with my brother at the same time. My brother just had his son. So I've been talking to my brother being like, yeah, like, is it as earth shattering as we think it is? And he's like, this is what my brother said. He's like, no, you just have another life to take care of now. And he's like, I didn't have any moment where I was like, wow, my life is completely different. He's like, if that's what happened to you, if you think you have to change your whole life now because you were a dad now, you were probably a piece of shit beforehand. He's like, just man the fuck up. You're a dad now. You just have another human to take care Any of. Any thoughts? My, my immediate thoughts is that when everybody goes, I don't know how you did it, man. How did you do it? You're just like, I just, you just do it. I don't know. It's not something you think about. So like even in the hmm. shambles parts, it just, it's fine. It's whatever. I was talking to somebody the other day about how even in the most shambles parts, I'm so grateful because maybe it's because I'm old as shit, but I was just so bored of being like, buying whatever i wanted doing whatever i wanted going wherever i wanted like it was great or whatever but i was fucking bored of it and now that i have kids i'm like let's get them these shoes let's get them these clothes let's take them to this place it's so exciting again to like you know whatever. yeah i'd I think say that, that that's it's totally there's like a there's a relief in like you it's almost like i can imagine some people that would that would enjoy like being in the army like there's a relief in knowing like i have to do this like there's no argument about it right like for me, it was that way because like in your head, you think like this is going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult. When you have to do it, you just fucking do it. You want to hear something uh, really lame? Um, the best advice I've given anybody, because I strangely have lots of people who just had young kids. It's that fucking partnership, man, with your wife. It's the like when when your partner doesn't even have to ask you to go above and beyond to help because you just see that oh i thought you were gonna send like set up a 90 10 split you do 90 i do yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> honestly it's like it's somehow sarah and i both just went 150 for each other and the teamwork like it it makes it you can't do it without it you know what i mean it's well i think that's one of the reasons i'm not nervous necessarily yeah. is because this is corny and you guys are going to call me corny i got a great fucking teammate Right. She's That's a stud. Like she's you have a good marriage, man. You're you're fucking stoked, you know. Yeah, I think the one thing, like for me, like that's why I'm not really that nervous. Like, this has been 15 years in the making for us. We've been together since we were like end of sophomore year of high school. Like, this is like you guys are high school sweethearts. That's crazy. You've been together with your wife longer than I have, and I'm like 30 you didn't years that? older than you. Yeah, I've been dating uh, the same girl since the end of sophomore year of high school. That's so crazy. She's been putting up with your shit for that fucking long. <laughs> she's yep. a fucking angel. <laughs> yeah, she's an angel, man. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm ready. I just think the one part for me that's interesting is like life is all happening at the same time. Like we have a, like we're, we have a lot going on and like there's a lot of things changing and like that's life though. Like that's fucking life. Like I'm, I'm very good at like just looking at it and being like, okay, this is what it is now. Improvise, I'm excited. Adapt and overcome, baby. Let's. Oh, it is. Like, I, watch. I say this, and you guys talk to me in two weeks, and I'm like, I was wrong. Everything sucks. This is impossible. I'm sorry, guys. No, this is I, fucking crazy. I mean, this man. is our last podcast together. Uh, someone's gonna take the part of Colin. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I don't. Maybe it's because I had twins, but I fucking cried two weeks into it because I've never been that more exhausted and like in shambles in my fucking life. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think the one thing that's fun for our house is that. 
the, your, your kid your kids broke you yeah they, they well they i mean you just can't it's like that now it's like i'm used to the exhaustion the constant exhaustion it's no longer a thing it's not that, that i'm not tired it's just that like it's totally normal for me but that first two weeks for me granted maybe it was because it was two kids but like it fucking broke me hard man dude i think the interesting thing in in where I, like where we are right now me and my wife have accidentally staggered our sleeping in such a way that she goes to bed at like 9 30 and i don't fall asleep till 3 34 every every night so like we actually somehow have like accidentally in a fucked up way somehow like staggered our sleep to the point where like maybe i've just been preparing for this the entire time we've been doing this podcast i don't know yeah yo i don't know take care of your lady big dog that's all it's about that's what it's about i got the easy job yeah she dude today we went for a walk with the dog and she's doing this thing i don't know if either of you guys have this happen with your wives she's doing this thing called curb walking where apparently to induce labor one thing you can do is walk down the street with one foot on the on the asphalt one foot on the sidewalk (laughs) so we're walking down the street and i'm like dude you look fucking crazy (laughs) and some lady across the street is walking and she goes it works and she was like my daughter did it and i was like dude you ever seen this Chappelle show skit it's like a deleted episode with little foot long foot it was like a movie that they made where it's about a guy who uh he's got one leg longer than the other one dude she's legitimately walking in the street like this uh, no, if you don't if you don't do a podcast episode from the fucking from the hospital, hospital, you don't give a shit about this podcast. You know he will too. That'd be so great. That's neurotic he is. <laughs> neurotic is a good word, dude. Yeah, we're doing this on a Monday morning because I'm afraid that uh, the baby's gonna come. And we're gonna fuck up, but um, no. Shouts out to Dana. She's been fucking incredible. Uh, this whole thing has been nuts. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. Able hold down the fort while you're gone. <laughs> yeah fucking hell I, every time dave and i have to do an interview by ourselves we're like i fucking wish colin was here man <laughs> where's colin where's colin where's colin where's colin we have a uh, wednesday we have because uh, along with like dylan scott and all the other names we have from the windy city smoke at wednesday we're interviewing the band camino huge band this is gonna be awesome we're gonna be back with them in the fall for a live thing but we wanted to be able to get them on before their album comes out in two weeks um shout out to jennifer their pr agent she's awesome who we got this interview we got this interview because she also reps Nickelback and they loved what we did with Nickelback so hard. They gave us the band Camino. So shouts out to Jennifer Nickelback. Shouts out to Nickelback. Shouts out Chad, the homie. Um, so thank you to Bailey Zimmerman for being here this week. Uh, thank you to Nick Vasoli for shooting that. Thank you to Cole for editing. Um, love you guys. To, fucking love you guys. I'll see you on the other side. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey Lurie for bringing back the Kelly green Eagles jerseys. That's all I care about. Don't send any pictures when your son's born. I don't care. I wasn't gonna. (laughs) Wasn't gonna. Fuck you. I'm out. Love you guys. See you guys.